Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. <laughs> okay, then. No. You're about to scream, help, help, help? No. <laughs> Medic. Medic. Medic! <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right, let's start this again. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And we got a longtime listener, Javier Moreno. Hey, how are you? Hey, Javier. Awesome. Great. So for all the listeners, this is the Javier that emails us, um, and he's been emailing us, you know, I would say pretty much day one or close to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, which was awesome. You know, just the, the feedback that we would get from Javier is awesome, and, you know, the, the experiences that he would share via email. So, um, you know, it's, I was like, it's, I think it's finally time. We'll, let's get him on the show. I know he wants to, you know, come on the show, so let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So this is episode number 96, uh, Listener Series, Volume 1, Javier Moreno. Uh, so usually we'll get to know the guest hosts um, in this section here. But, you know, since the main topic is about Javier, we're going to just kind of push that to uh, the main topic section. So right now we'll just kind of go over how every, how's uh, everyone's week been. All right, man. Sounds good. Yeah. You want to go first, Kevin? Yeah, sure. All right. All right, man. We we flew on Saturday, which was uh, mm-hmm. uh God, it's, it seems like it's been years since we all flew together in Jersey at the club with yes. all the guys, and it was our club picnic and pattern flying event, which was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed the pattern flying even more than last time. It sounds like you're watching paint dry when you say it's pattern flying and anybody doesn't know what it is it's you know you take your plane and you do certain maneuvers mm-hmm. and it's actually more challenging than you would think even for me i think i'm i've got a little experience flying a plane uh but it, it was uh it was a lot of fun and the picnic was great the food yes. was amazing mm-hmm. um and it was just great to see all the guys and i don't even think i flew a helicopter at all oh man on Saturday, yeah, I flew my Sukhoi and I flew my um, my 6S Vigan and I fixed that jet that I bought from Chris Rybert last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I got a flight in on that, and that thing flew great, man. Yeah, it looked awesome. I think I flew it for a couple minutes and then I landed it. I wanted to try, you know, landing with the full flaps and all that, uh, and it landed it landed decent. But uh, when I checked the battery, I was at like sixty something percent. I think I can get like I don't know, a good five six minutes out of that. Battery. Nice, not yeah. bad. Forty one hundred success, right? Yeah, and did yeah, you feel not the, bad at all? Did you feel the weight of that thing when it's all said and done? When it's all ready? No, for the it's no. Like twice as heavy as that Vic, and it's a brick, really man. Yeah, and that's wow. what I kept thinking when I was landing it. I was like, you know, this thing's a brick. It's drop. If I come in <laughs> and just hit the runway, it should stay there, but it bounces. It's your typical jet, you know. Bouncing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. But yeah, it was it was cool, man. Uh, I had a great time. Good to see everybody. Mm-hmm. And I worked on the uh, the 285 Oxy some more. That's that's actually ready to go, but I want to swap that over to the V bar. I want to take the icon off of that. Nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm I want to take the one off my 380 and and put it on that one. Okay. But that's about all I did. And I cleaned up the garage, <laughs> cleaned up my workshop so. quite a bit. Cool. Uh, so what have you been up to, man? 
So yeah, Tri County RC picnic was freaking awesome. It was uh, yeah, you know, like you were saying, it was great to meet up with everyone again. Um, yeah. and and it was even more than the usual suspects there, like you know that we'd see. We you know it was good to see like uh, the quad boys come out. You know, all the guys that are into the quad stuff come out too. It's because we don't really see them these days anymore. Yeah, Anthony. Um, yeah, like out. Anthony. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen Anthony in like a year. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. So that was that was definitely a good time. It was definitely, you know, good food. Um, you know, so I, I give props and thanks to everyone who who cooked um, and organized it and, and ran the you know, event for us and got everything going. Um, let's see, Bruce, got to give a shout out to Bruce for uh, doing the Pattern Fun Fly, setting that up, getting everyone organized and actually, you know, pushing people to participate, which is great. Yeah. Which I even participated. I flew a plane. Yep. And then I flew a plane into the tree. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll get into that. But uh, yeah, it's a pattern fun fly, right? It, it, You know, just like Kevin was saying, at first you're like, oh, yeah, you go up and you do a 45 degree ascent. You do your turn. You do your outside turn or this turn or Immelman. Do like a half loop and roll out. And you think, oh, that's got to be boring. But um, it's actually... To do any type of pre- precision flight, whether it's helicopter or plane, I mean, obviously, if, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like a jackass or anything, but flying a plane, in my opinion, is a lot easier. <laughs> but flying pattern or flying precision planes, it's definitely a lot harder than, you know, you would think just, you know, flying around on, on the skies with a, a plane that basically just flies forward, right? Yeah. Compared to a helicopter, you're flying backwards, forwards, upside down, all this weird at attitudes and stuff. Even doing the the uh, what was the first turn we had to do? We had to turn ninety degrees and then two seventy back the other way and like yeah, complete, like three sixty or yeah. complete one eighty rather. Come back around. Mm-hmm. And even and you're the state level and staying level. Yeah, right. that was the mm-hmm. hardest part for me. Like, okay, I can yeah. make the turn, okay, but then as I'm coming back around, I'm like, oh, I got to stay level on the same line I right. came in on. So then you got to mess with your throttle and your rudder and kind of get that tail to stay because you're basically knife edge you you bank knife edge right pull your elevator then you bank 180 so now you're knife edge where you're looking at the top of your plane and you're coming back around towards the flight line so yeah it's you know it's harder than you think to keep that plane level yeah. and that's what i mean it's like anyone you know anyone who flies a helicopter can in my opinion can fly a plane like with no problem you know because you have, you get all the orientation training um, that you need to fly a plane. You know, you you get all of that when you fly helicopters, but it's just that that precision where you have to like when you do like a, doing a double loop, you have to make the loops the same diameter. You know, that's yeah. a lot harder than you think <laughs> because you know you're coming down the flight line and you have a certain speed. You scrub a lot of speed going up, then you gain a lot of speed coming back down, more speed than when you're flying horizontal. So when you go back up. You know, you have to really manage your elevator and, and your control services. So it definitely is a lot harder than it sounds. Um, and it's actually a lot, you know, it's actually a lot of fun to to challenge yourself in this way. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still not a challenge coming to helicopters. Sorry. <laughs> but it was cool. It was cool. And, I, you know, it's funny because I did it with a glider. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first moves is takeoff. And I'm like. How am I going to take off? I don't have wheels, <laughs> you know, so they just hand launched me and it was fine. You know, we, we weren't getting really scored or anything. They took score, but it wasn't like a competition per se. 
yeah well you did it with a powered glider we should say not yes yeah yeah uh, yeah my kunai so the with the warm liner um stall turn was one of the moves and that was quite difficult for me to do the second time i did a little bit better but i mean the first time it just like started sliding on the tails doing a tail slide like a helicopter i think that's one of the first maneuvers i learned how to do and when i learned how to do it the guy told me once you almost get to the stall give it a lot of rudder and bump the throttle a little bit and it'll flip mm-hmm. right over and that that was like one of the first maneuvers i learned I, I'll never See, I didn't know that i didn't yeah. know that give it a i would just cut the there. throttle you yeah. know because on a helicopter you go mid-stick <laughs> you know and you're like oh i can stall turn like crazy but uh it's a little different on the plane you have to give a little throttle to get that the air push over you know on your control surfaces yeah what else oh and then i, I flew the club the uh my the 81 club? inch cub my cub sorry oh. Okay. My cub, and I'm like, do 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 do, flying this. It's fun. It's cool. It's yeah, whatever. It's it's a cub. Dude, that and thing I'm, was flying kind of weird, almost like it was tail heavy. But I don't know, was it? It, it possibly, it, it possibly could have been. I don't know. <laughs> it was just. I don't know if it was a combination of the way you were flying or if it was tail heavy. Well, well, I didn't have any expo. Like I had default expos in the um in the silver line in the V control, right? And in, in the V bar. And it's ten percent is the default, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was very elevator twitchy, and it was twitchy oh, okay. in all the control services. So you know, it's me probably just giving too much throws. But basically, um, I was flying around, and then eventually I was like, okay, let me get this thing to land. <laughs> and I'm coming around, I'm going above these trees, and I'm like, I'm like, did I? Am I clear of those trees? And you're like, I think so, and I'm like, yeah, I think so too. And I'm like, okay, let me make my approach, and I give it forward, elevated to dip the nose down, and then I just hear crunch. Oh, it's stuck in a tree. Yeah, you like, flipped one of the branches yeah, that was let, you know had no leaves on it, and right that I couldn't see right around. Yeah, but it was weird because you came over the. We saw the shadow of the airplane go mm-hmm. over the top of the trees. Yeah, and it was almost like a second later. We were both like, yeah. That looks good, and that's when it kind of came out. It's really strange. Yeah, it's like the tree just grabbed it out of the air and wrapped around it. But um, lucky me, you know, I'm like, oh, this sucks. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a PSA announcement on this uh, with V control and any V bars, whether it's a blue line, silver line, mini V bar, or Neo. Um, when your plane is stuck in the tree, you can't power the plane off because you can't power the plane off you can't disconnect you can't turn off your v control because it's a safety measure to not be able to turn off your transmitter while your you know receiver is still on so i'm stuck there like um i'm gonna fly anything <laughs> i can't turn this off i can't you know so i'm like figuring out something and I actually figure out a weird workaround so this is a little hack for this so you take I was like, okay, let me let me try something. And I was like, okay, if you go to bind, go to transmitter setup, you go to bind on your V control, it's gonna quick it's gonna disconnect because it's gonna look for a, a machine to bind. During that bind process, since it disconnects, you can quickly push in, scroll left, scroll right, and that'll go to your shutoff um command or you know, your procedure to shut off the transmitter. So boom, I shut off the transmitter. Now, if you turn it back on, it's going to automatically reconnect. Even if the plane is freaking a mile down the road, it, it automatically reconnects to that thing. But, big but here, um, if you big turn it butt. off, yeah, if you turn it off, this is the hack part. And uh, you turn on something else 
closer by. So I would take my Oxy 3, 6S Oxy 3, boop, plug it in. As soon as it, it boots up to Neo, I turn on my radio and it connects to that <laughs> Neo. Everything is fine. I can fly. All my switches work. Everything works. We, I flew a couple of battery packs. Devin flew one on the Oxy. Everything is fine. Soon as you disconnect your the Oxy three, it automatically reconnects to the plane. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, which is it's it's so weird. Uh, I don't know if I guess V control being Mikado, um, they're you know this is mostly used on a helicopter and it's you know it's very unlikely you're gonna get a helicopter stuck in a tree and if you do it's you know the receiver pack or something might disconnect hopefully if, or you'll have to climb a tree and get it down but um. So, you know, it's it's different. It's it's a workaround, but it was cool. I was able to fly um, you know, other models while that tree while that cub was in the tree. Uh let's see. Besides that, I got a chance to so like oh, yes, the cub. Yeah, did you finish that story? No, I didn't. So I was packed up, you know, it was much later than I, I was supposed to leave. I was supposed to leave at two and it was like four o'clock or something oh, so i'm boy. like all right you know I get, I get everything packed up in the car i'm leaving say bye to everyone and i'm leaving i'm driving by and i'm like let me just see so i i stop i look at where the plane should be and i'm like i don't see the plane where the hell is it i look down and i was like oh it's on the ground no shit i go running out there my car is parked in the middle of the field because the, the roadway to our field is kind of you know you drive through the field kind of to get to the pits yeah. and i'm just like I just leave my corner. I'm running. I get to the plane. I pick it up. I give a big like, you know, like I lift the plane up in the air, show everyone I got it down, you know, that it came down. And then, then I, you know, disassembled it, took the wing off. Um, as far as damage, the wing has a big, you know, a pretty big like hit mark, I guess where like a branch hit or whatever. The the front nose fuselage, I, I have to investigate. It looks like it got crunched a little. That's probably when it came out of the tree. Well, when it came down, yes, and, and when it hit the ground, ground. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one of the the other uh, wing strut broke off. Whatever, it's not a big deal. Those are pretty easy to fix. But it's not overall. It's not too bad. A couple of the monocoats spots on the monocoat are ripped, and I, you know, I'd have to repatch it with monocoat. It's it's not a big deal. But actually, you know, I was gonna decommission this plane until we got snow because I was gonna put um skis on it. Yeah. So right now I was like, you know what? The blue line came out, and um, that's gonna go into my next project, which I'll talk about real quick. Uh, but yeah, the plane came down and it's good. You know, I have it. Cool. It's now being hung in my garage. You know, but yeah, that. So that day, Saturday, also, I picked up a new helicopter. Oh my god! I can't even <laughs> keep up anymore, dude. I know. I know. What? <laughs> Oh, so, I know which one. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, I don't know what the, the fuselage is. So that is a hit, but it is a 700 T-Rex electric in a scale fuselage. I think, uh, John John said it was like an Augusta 109 or something. It looks like kind of like a Bell 222 to me, uh, with retracts, nav lights, robes, all that stuff. Um, even came with four battery packs, four 5,800, you know, they're like zippy packs, but that's fine. Whatever for the scale bird, I don't care. So the blue line V bar that I have from the cub is going to now go into that plane. I'm going to put the, uh, heli firmware back on that 
V-Bar and get that installed there. So yeah, I got me a big scale bird. Yeah, that thing's large, dude. Yeah, it's and it, it is an Augusta 109. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's green and white. It looks pretty good. The paint job isn't too bad. You know, it doesn't have glass for the, or, you know, like the Plexi or whatever. It doesn't have the glass for the doors, so I'm going to have to figure something out. Because I do want to, you know, it's not like a, a true super scale or anything. You can, you know, you can see the the, the electronics, the uh, mechanics inside. So I want to kind of smoke out some windows and put it in there. So I got to see if I can find some um, replacement glass that could go in there. Or I'll make something out of, uh, I don't know, some bottles or something. I don't know. I'll figure something some out. Bottles. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're, they're, we're talking about like two by two inch, you know, kind of rounded edge, square, you know, glass that goes in there. So I, I might be able to do that, or maybe I'll I'll see if I can make a form and vacuum see, form something, or I don't know, figure something out. Are you gonna put Trump on the side of it? I should, right? I think that's what he flies around. It's very similar. Is it? I gotta yeah. take a look. I gotta see what other you could put Trump uh, in vinyl and then just put it on a tail. So yeah, and, just, and then vinyl. and then just. And then just put on the bottom, haha, TFR. <laughs> uh, I know he's got a Chinook too, but uh, does he? Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I got another heli. And what else did I work on? I worked on the Vigan, uh, some more. My success Vigan fiberglass one. I installed this awesome freaking sixty-four millimeter LED ring on the the exhaust port of the Vigan. Nice. And that thing is cool, man. <laughs> now, where did you get that? And you got to go into some detail on how you hooked it up because uh, the video is amazing the way the way it runs up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's eBay. It was nineteen ninety five. I bought it on the way down to um, uh, was I was in Rob's car and we we're going out to uh, uh, Virginia, Fall Moldown, and I was yeah. yeah, and I'm like. I'm like, oh, man, I really want to get this. And I was on Rob, and I was like, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to order it, you know, whatever. It's coming from China. It might take a week. might take three weeks. I don't care. I got back, and I got it like uh, two days ago. Okay. You know, so, you know, like a week and a half it took, whatever. It was fine. And I'm like, oh, crap. My Vigan is like, you know, maybe 70% built, you know, because the wing is on the fuselage, the – uh you know, the cover for all your wires up top's already been, you know, glued on and everything. I'm like, damn, I'm going to wire all this stuff up. Um, basically, it's a ring with two sets of wires coming out of it that does like the, it's like basically do the RGB. Um, and then it's like a long set of wires that go into this little module board, which then you Y connect into your throttle channel. So your ESC comes, you know, so you plug in a Y to your throttle channel. One lead goes to your ESC, one lead goes to your the light module. Right. And then on the light module, there's also two wires, power and ground, that come out that that are like two just open prongs. Like if you were to take like an extension and just not have the cover on one side, so you just have the two pointy, you know, male side. Um, and then that goes into the balance connector, the balance port. At that point, you know, it's your RX control. So it just, you know, starts off blue, very dim. As soon as you start throttling up, it turns bright blue. So it has like that nice bright blue color and it starts to get brighter brighter until you get about mid stick a little under mid stick and it turns yellow and then it gets brighter brighter with yellow and then it turns to red and it's funny because the way i did the video is i had the camera actually behind the edf like you know a little bit ways like maybe like four feet behind it but because of the the wind 
uh, turbulence from the from the EDF. You see like the light shaking, like the the model shaking. It kind of looked really cool, uh, especially when I was spooling up that full throttle. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I know David Crawford wanted a, a link to it, and I linked it in the, the post on Facebook. So okay, anybody wants to, yeah, anybody wants to get it, it's twenty bucks free shipping. It's like nineteen ninety five free shipping from China, from Hong Kong, I believe, and it's definitely worth it. So the way I wired it, um, because my fuselage was pretty much built to, like, for you to say your fuselage, right? If you wanted to get it, yeah, it was real simple. So I poked a little hole in the top um, cover for your vertical stabilizer and the wires up there, and then I poked another hole that comes out the other side. But like, I didn't poke it on the what do you call it side the the cover, but I poked it right underneath it, yeah, and yeah. I basically took a wire and like a hard wire, like a music wire. You know, like a three, I don't know what diameter, three thirty seconds or whatever, music wire, and I pulled it through to use it as a, a pull. And then I, you know, I put, used electrical tape, put the wires on there, and I pulled the wires all the way through, and I just hot glued the ring on. Cool. Yeah. So simple. So now all my wire, now, so that's all ran, and now my, the module is sitting inside your battery compartment where the rest of your receiver and your battery and all that stuff is there. So yeah, it was pretty simple. Nice. Definitely worth it, though. Yeah, Check it looks it awesome, dude. I can't wait to see that thing fly, man. That's mm-hmm. going to be crazy. Yeah, I can't wait to. Hopefully it flies well, because I'm putting a lot of time and effort into this uh, this, this damn plane here. So. Yeah, it'll fly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of been it. I'm probably couple, missing a couple things, but that's fine. I, I, I've gone pretty long. Uh, Javier, how about you? How's your week been? Wow. Not not uh, half as interesting, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially because I am... You know, I last season, I guess, you know, we're in the same boat that um, when it comes uh, to winter weather, you know, it gets difficult to fly unless you're hardcore like you guys. But <laughs> I I actually flew a little bit last season. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it very much, you know, being on 30 plus uh, wind chill and getting oh, your cold. fingers frozen yeah. and having your yeah. eyes weeping you know it was like mm-hmm. no yeah. i don't want to do this you know i do this for enjoyment i don't do this to you know to endure pain so um so i decided this season not to do anything um and so two weeks uh, two weeks before it was like my last event that mm-hmm. i had and these past two weeks i've been like uh, busy with uh, small, small projects you know those projects that you say well I'll do it whenever I have the time, and then you have to prepare for the fun fly, or you want to go right. fly, and you don't want to mm-hmm. break your heli because it's flying well, so you don't want to really yeah. tweak with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what I've been doing now is that I've been starting to play with uh, icon telemetry. Okay. Uh, I I have um I have icon on all my helis, so I've been fooling around with the idea to uh, to get telemetry. So finally, I got it nice. installed on my three eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, the 380 still has a 60 amp V4 ESC, which doesn't um, doesn't have a current sensor, so okay. I can't get the actual flight time and the flight pack percentage. But I get mm-hmm. everything else. So okay. I I tried it, and it was really cool because it started screaming, you know, 39 Fahrenheit, 50 Fahrenheit. You know, as the as the sure. thing was pulling up, I just did a you know a quick spool up just to make sure. That that everything worked. So it was cool. You know, it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first it didn't, but I probably did something wrong. I went into the forums and asked a little bit, and I think I found out what I, what I was doing wrong. So everything worked fine. Um, so the 380 is ready. Um, you know, I've uh, 
redid everything. You know, if, if it were good enough to fly, I'd probably go and test it out. Uh, the 420 is kind of like in the middle of that process. Okay. Um, I bought an 80 amp um, ESC, a used one, which is mm-hmm. the one that actually supports the flight pack. Is it a hobby wing or? Yes, a hobby wing. It's also nice. a hobby wing. But it's but right now the 420 is like all cables. You know, I haven't done all the wiring, so all the cables are loose everywhere. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And the 500 is the only one that actually I could go fly, you know, tomorrow if I had the weather to do it. Okay. Um, so that's uh, that's basically what I've been doing. I've just been tinkering with those projects that uh, you say one day, one day when I have time. Well, I have time now. Yeah. Besides yeah. that, and um, doing some simming. Um, nice. I think I sent you guys the uh, the video of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's this massive uh, training by a guy called Archname Archmage AU um, mm-hmm. guy in Australia that wrote like this amazing tutorial. On oh, I didn't know he was in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. actually what the AU means because he's, a, ah. he's in Australia mm-hmm. and um, he's an awesome guy. He's, he's been kind of like my Joda. I've been asking him like a lot of questions and telling him, you know, my, my progress and posting videos and posting on his, um, on, on his thread. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's given me a lot of advice. So I've, I've come, I've gone, you know, to as little as I can do now, thanks in great part to that thread. And I went back to the very basics because I, you know, I was one of those guys that I just, as soon as I start, as I stopped crashing, I started stick banging. And yeah. then I, I listened to, you know, to you guys, uh, you know, and to Bert and, you know, several, um, other advice from people that, you know, you have to go back and practice the basics because mm-hmm. exactly what they said. You can do funnels one way, but you cannot do them the other way. So that that's exactly what started happening, that I could do a maneuver certain way, but I couldn't be, do it another way. Mm-hmm. Then I started to do inverted, inverted flight, and I started to see that I could mess up my invert with my upright, which is very, very weird. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. you know, you're flying figure eights inverted, and then you move to upright, and your brain still thinks you're, that you're inverted. So you're actually, you're, your sticks are moving, as if you were inverted. Yeah. So it's very, very hard. So I've been trying to disassociate that with that pyro training. So that's why I'm doing the pyro hover upright. Then I have my timer when it sounds one minute um, because I have it on like four minutes and then one minute countdown. So Mm -hmm. each time it hits a minute, I just flip the heli to continue inverted. Then another minute and then I flip again to invert it. Then I do that for four minutes. I go down and I go, if I was doing clockwise, I do counterclockwise and I do the same thing. So oh, I do that to try idea. to, mm-hmm. yeah, I try to disas, because I wanted to just disassociate my brain and understand that, you know, upright is one thing and counterclockwise is another completely different. And I, I need to understand that or else I won't be doing 3D flying. I think that's pretty commonplace because that happened to me flying tail in. I would, fl- I could fly hover tail in and I could move in and out tail in. And once I started flying nose in, I couldn't come in tail in any no longer. I had to always turn around and come in nose in. Uh-huh. Cause like, like you said, I got so used to doing it that way and now I can't do it tail in. And now I can do it. But, uh, when I started transitioning, yeah, I could only do just that one way. Yeah. And I'm still there. Common. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, you get comfortable doing your your maneuvers in one way, and then you know 
It's yeah. like the the learning curve to like learn the opposite way. You kind of get frustrated, and and if you're not simming and doing it in real life, you end up crashing more, and it becomes even more frustrating. So you end up yeah. like, ah, I'll just fly this way. But no, it's right that you know you should. Um, I do want to make a note for for all those folks that don't know what we're talking about. Um, Art Mage AU, he it's a helifreak.com forum post under uh, what is this the RC Helicopter Flight School and the title of the post which is sticky up top is from tail end to all eights and funnels in six months so basically he goes over uh what what kind of orientation training that you can use to be able to do basically all the be an advanced sport flyer right advanced sport flying is all upright all inverted all circuits like funnels hurricanes um and stuff like that so you know he kind of teaches you the uh the steps you need to do and, and the, the really the beginning of helicopter flying is the orientation training that you really have to train your brain to understand upright, backwards, inverted, forwards, all of that stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 So definitely check out that post. Um, it is a great post. Uh, you know, I've read it like five times and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. But, <laughs> you know, I give you props uh, up here. I can't do it. I just, I get so bored. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard. It's it's hard. You know, I've been I I started doing it, and as mm-hmm. soon as it gave me confidence to start flying around better, you know, I just started doing that. I just moved directly into stall turns and yep. into flips and into TikToks, mm-hmm. and everyone just was telling me, you know, don't go there. You know, handle the basics. But I'm having so much fun. So yeah. Yeah. you know, um, I just started doing that. But now what I'm doing is that no matter what. Every single day, you know, unless I'm recording a podcast or something, um, <laughs> every single day, um, I um, go in half an hour mm-hmm. and I force myself into simming that. So even if it's just the first uh, eight minutes of that routine, sure. and then I just start playing around, that's fine. At least, mm-hmm. you know, every single day I'll do it. And now that I've done that, you notice like very, 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 very little, but you see progress. So right. it's encouraging because if you do it, you will notice, you know, day one, day two, day three, day four, you will see, hey, I'm not where I'm where I was on day one. You know, I've right. improved just a little bit. You know, I'm drifting, uh, you know, instead of drifting the whole screen, I'm drifting half of it. So, you yeah. know, it's it's getting better. Um, you still don't nail it, but that's that's, you know, what drives you to keep going, that you keep improving. You know that eventually you'll get it. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think you get to a certain point when you're flying that you're pretty confident in everything you can do. So, and you seem to forget that when you started flying, you weren't nailing stuff at all for the first like whatever couple months. You know, uh, I know that happened to me. So when I started doing those puro and the Mobius flips and stuff like that, I, I wasn't nailing them, and I was like, "Well, how come I'm not getting it?" But you seem to forget that it does take time to do all that stuff. To even though you're you're good at flying maybe one way you know that the rest it's going to take time i think yeah. that's what happens to a lot of guys you know the whole plateauing thing i think it leads leads to that or you know contributes yes. to that mm-hmm. sure but that's awesome man that, then that post is really good because he has he has the lessons laid out and mm-hmm. his, all his youtube videos are yeah in in the thread itself and uh, so it's great man that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah and, and he's awesome and he's very methodical and, you know, he's willing to help, you know, anyone that PMs him, you know, I've seen oh, yeah? people uh, just uh, PM him a lot. You know, he tells me that, you know, P- 
people PM him that, you know, every single post that someone posts there, he will come in and answer. You know, he's a great guy. Nice. That's great. It's great to hear. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe we should get him on the show, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Talk about how he got, you know, came up with that that lesson plan, I guess you could say, you know, curriculum. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. So let's kind of go into the main topic and, you know, get to know Javier some more. Okay. So first, uh, so where are you from? You're you're in the United States. Uh, where are you located? Um, well, I'm originally from Mexico, um, mm-hmm. and I immigrated uh, about what five years ago. Okay. Um, I first went to Nebraska, and now I moved to Wisconsin. Nice, nice. Awesome. Wisconsin. Okay, so when you talk about cold, you're talking about cold. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everyone told me you don't like cold. Why the heck did you move there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so, how did your body handle that? Like transitioning from Mexico to Wisconsin? Yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, I have um, I have I have some very bad allergies. And okay. The the moment fall begins, not because of leaves or you know any you know any common allergy you know mm-hmm. like. Uh, stuff in the air. It's just my my nose kind of gets swollen on the inside when it's cold. It gets inflamed, yeah, because of yes. the cold and the dryness. Yep. So mm-hmm. it gets dry and gets and gets inflamed, and then I can't breathe, <laughs> which is annoying. So, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I don't I don't handle that very well. So I I use a lot of medication during the winter. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, that's so. Let me kind of ask you, what do you do for a living? Because does that you know, dictate like why you're up in Wisconsin. Was, there's a lot warmer states in the U.S. than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I work for a company called uh, CNH, which is uh, Case New Holland. Okay. So basically, I worked with them originally in their plant that they have in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And while working with them, there was a job opportunity up there in Nebraska. At, uh, they have um, 11 facilities actually here in the United States. Okay. So. One of them is in Nebraska, so I went there initially, and then another opportunity came up. You know, one keeps to keep going and moving along in life, you know, to keep buying helis and stuff. And um, so I moved to right. Wisconsin, which is for uh, not a corporate office, but a, but a very big, um, I guess, non-plant compound is located. Where most yeah, of the it's IT like is. a branch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that's where I am, because I'm also, like you, Steve, also... Although not spending, uh, you know, thousands of dollars per year, I'm I'm also in. Uh, Shh! Don't in, say in, that <laughs> out loud. <laughs> I'm also in the IT business. So, okay. um, so okay. what do you do I, more specifically in IT? I um, I'm in charge of a um, software program that handles uh, inventory, basically from the moment it arrives to the door to mm-hmm. the moment it gets um, delivered to the assembly line. So okay. I basically. Uh, have to go to each plant that mm-hmm. we're implementing this software on okay. and spend a few weeks there, um, implement the software, make sure that all the infrastructure is correct, sure, um, yeah. uh, configure all the all the devices, make mm-hmm. sure that everything's up and running, and then go into maintenance mode and then start planning the next plant. Oh, that's cool. So you get to travel quite a bit for your work, huh? Yes, uh, which actually has been pretty cool because um, since yeah. I spend... I spent some time on Hellfreak, and what I've been doing is that whenever I go, I have some work travel, I'm mm-hmm. just going to Hellfreak, and if I've seen someone from there, you know, from their location, or I just ask, hey, anyone in this part, and yeah. then someone answers, and 
I go and visit those guys, and I've met a lot of pilots that way. Nice, and it's oh, amazing. Cool. You mm-hmm. know, they've um, they've allowed me to you know go with them to their fields or to sometimes take a heli and uh, fly at their fields. You know, have a good time, chat around. You know. It's yeah, yeah, amazing definitely. people in this hobby, and uh, it's yeah. great. I've, I've met some great people. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. So why haven't you come to New Jersey yet? Why haven't we met? <laughs> because I don't have a plant there. <laughs> well, I think you've got to, you know, hint to a couple people, like, you know, maybe you should open a plant in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to pay taxes like crazy. True, true. <laughs> that's probably why they, yeah. they don't. Yeah. So... How long have you been in the hobby? Well, um, I actually have been flying since March 31st, 2015. And huh? if you ask me why, it's because it's my birthday. <laughs> and oh. uh, uh. because I got I got my, my first helicopter as a birthday present. So that's oh, why cool. I, I so, so who So who do you got to blame? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was part partially between between myself and my mom and my wife. Okay. That we, we all kind of agreed that we would do that. And actually, it's funny because I there was this mall that I went to that ha- that have a uh, Hobby Town USA. Okay. And every time that we went to the mall, I went into the shop and I saw this Blade CX2 coaxial helicopter. Of mm-hmm. course, at this point in time, I had no idea what a coaxial was. You know, collective pitch helicopters. I had sure. absolutely no idea about that. You know, my previous experience was those. Pico C or the Havoc Helis, you know, those very tiny foam yeah. helicopters. Oh, um, okay, you know, yeah, that yeah. was that was the only experience I had with radio control helicopters. So, you know, I went and saw these. It was red. It was beautiful. You know, and I was, you know. It had a full fuselage like a goblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> awesome. And there were like, I think there were like a couple of add-on fuselages that you could buy. You know, it was right. like awesome, awesome. So, I go like, I don't know, like probably less than a week mm-hmm. before my birthday. And we went to the mall and I went looking for it and it was gone. Oh, and no. I said, oh, that's fine. I'll just go to the counter and I'll tell them, you know, can you reorder it? Yeah. So I went to the counter and they said, no, we're sorry, but, you know, it's been discontinued. We won't be reordering it. I said, what? <laughs> you know, I've been like <laughs> months drooling over this thing and I won't be able to get it now. So... I ended up looking for another option, and it was a 200 SRX, which okay. is a fixed-pitch heli, ah. and that was my first helicopter. Very cool. Nice. That beginner heli, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Although it was an RTF? You had it with the, the little black blade controller? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. it was RTF. I didn't, I didn't discover programmable radios until afterwards. You know, I saw them. But, you know, yeah. the price tag on them was so big, you know, was more expensive than the heli. So I said, you know, why do I need these? You know, it seems to work with this with this little included radio. Yeah. So You don't know yeah. what you don't know, right? Like, you didn't know at the right. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't discover intelligent radios until I crashed a number of times. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be something else out there. I'm missing something. <laughs> yeah. Expo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's no no kidding. You know, I I crashed that thing. I don't know how many times. You know, mm-hmm. I went probably every week to Hobby Town USA and made an order. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. I, you know, you you don't you don't know at that point, right? You know, it's it's what yeah. I think. You just don't our, know, right? Right. Yeah, you don't, you don't know. You know, it's what our hobby needs. I think. You know, for someone 
or some kind of resource, you know, to tell us what we're up against because it's really, really hard. You know, you 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 go with the marketing idea that that late has created, you know, and they are and you know, I'm not I'm not trying to knock on them. You know, they're really awesome, you know, presenting a fully assembled helicopter for someone to fly, but mm-hmm. you know, they don't tell you that, you know, this guy will fly different whether it's pointed at you or whether it's pointed against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that's called orientations. And that's yeah. that's going to be difficult for you. You should probably get to know the concept before. So, you know, I crashed that heli, I don't know how many times. And then I found out that there were upgrade uh, from Rocket Heli, mostly. (laughs) I found out that there were upgrade parts. And I said, well, you know, I keep breaking all these plastic parts. Maybe if I buy them them aluminum, they'll, they'll, you know, hang on. I'm shaking my head right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah, then I, then, then, you know, my, $12 $12 bills went up to $40 bills for any mm-hmm. crash I had. Yep. So, yeah, no, don't don't go the bling route definitely at the beginning. Yeah, and then on the beginning, do you do uh you know, function over form, learn to fly, keep the park out like cheap and light and plastic, you know, for now. Yeah. Well, there, you know, there's three different things you have to consider when you're starting out flying a helicopter. There's three three major components and it's it's a huge learning curve for each of them. First, you have to learn how to fly your orientation, mm-hmm. like you said. Yep. And you have to learn your mechanics because you have to be able to repair that thing and get yep. stuff. And they don't tell the, you how to do that either. In the late. correct mechanical mm-hmm. yeah, orientation. Yeah. And then you also, if you go, you know, your, your oxys, your programmable fly bar list. Yeah. Yeah. Your fly bar list. Then you need to know how to program too. So I mean, yep. it's just there's three major and then there's the, components. And then, and then there's a fourth one that I would consider too is, yeah, you could program an icon. You know, you could follow the basic menu and program, program, click next, next, next. But then you gotta know how to tune it too, because then it's not gonna fly right until you tune it at least somewhat, get it tuned properly. So yeah, you know, there's yeah. a big steep learning curve, and that's why you need um, a mentor. You need someone else who's been in the game and knows how to fly and. How to set up mechanical, electronic, all that stuff. It helps it does, so yeah. much. Oh yeah. So have yeah, you been definitely. able to find someone like that outside of the farms? You know, more like in your location, like a local club. Are you part of a local club? Let's talk about that. Uh, well, I I was I was mm-hmm. part of a local club. Um, the fir- well, the first club that I tried to join was a club that was like I don't know, like five minutes away from me. Nice. Um, I went there and I asked around and they said, yeah, sure. You know, we're, we're a nursing club. What do you want to fly? You know, I want to fly helicopters. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, but we don't accept rotary wing here. They said, why? You know, what, what's, what's the deal? They said, well, you know, we had an accident some time ago and no. we no longer accept helicopters here. And I said, oh, man, you know, it, it was a beautiful field. It was like super close. I, I said, wow, okay, well, I have to find That's something shame. else. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started finding out, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, towards the outside, went to the, you know, the AMA website and mm-hmm. to the web, you know, I went hunting and eventually found um, actually Swarm, which I think is a pretty popular club uh, th- because of their party at Ircha. Um, yeah, Swarm party, yep. Yep. So I actually found the Swarm club um, and I joined them for a year because basically... There was a point in time where 
my family went to Mexico for an extended vacation. And then I had to stay here because of work. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, joined the club just to be able to fly there. Right. But um, this year I didn't even pay the fee. I just, I've just gone once and that was to their fun fly. Because, you know, I haven't had time to, um, to go to fly to the actual club. Um, okay. What I usually do is that I fly on Saturday mornings mm-hmm. and I fly at a local park. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen my videos, it's the one that has a happy face on one of the, uh, of the houses, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some guy just painted a happy face on their, on, on the, on the outside wall that, that is facing the park. So that's pretty, nice. that was pretty <laughs> awesome. And, nice. um, so that's, that's where I fly and I fly alone. Basically, I know that I shouldn't be flying alone and we'll go into that because I've already had an, an accident. Oh, um, we'll go into that later, but, um. You know, I know that shouldn't be flying alone, but it's the only way that I can fly. So, um, and it's worked out very, very well because at this point in time, I have three helis. I have three packs each. So I just go and fly all packs and all helis on Saturday morning, go spend, you know, two hours, two and a half hours, very mm-hmm. early morning and just yeah. go back home and continue on my family weekend day. So it's worked out very well. Nice. So do you, you only fly helis, right? You don't fly planks or multi-rotors? Yeah, no. I've Well, I do have, um, I, and I have to confess this, I've always said that, I, you know, I'm, I'm a heli guy, and I'm a heli guy, and I'm a diehard heli guy, and I stick to that. But I do have two um, Blade Inductrix uh, small quads. Okay, those are fun to fly around the house. Yeah, yeah. and I bought, I bought those basically just for my kid. Because to see if he wanted to get on the hobby and start to learn that. Mm-hmm. So I bought one for him and one for me so that, you know, we could fly together. But, you know, my kid, you know, flew it, bumped it a lot. You know, that's awesome about that little quad. You know, you can just bump it and it'll just go- keep on flying. But um, after a while, um, it got old for him. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's doing sports and he's laying, playing to learn uh, how to play the cello. So, okay, wow. you know, he's, he's very nice. busy. So, so we, he's just left the, the, you know, the little inductrices to gather dust. Okay. What originally got you interested in the hobby? You could say that the force is strong in my family in regards to, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. to flying. Um, well, I'm going to tell you my, my, my whole, my whole story. Basically what, what happened is that, and you'll understand why I tell you all the sad story, but, um, well, my dad uh, passed away. Well, actually, he died in a car crash oh, when I was probably about one year old. Oh, so basically, I grew up mostly without a father figure. So mm-hmm. my uncle, actually, my uh, well, we, we sometimes call uncle, you know, even if it's not your direct um, yeah. parent. But yeah, if it's like your you father's know, friend or something, right? Right, right. But my actual, but my actual uh, mother's uncle, mother's brother. My okay. uncle lived at the house. He uh, he was a cop, and he was one of the first. Um, you know, we're talking early nineties. Um, he was one of the first um, helicopter pilots on the police force at that point in time. So it was nice. like super awesome. You know, I had this 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 uncle who was kind of like my father figure. You know, I mm-hmm. I more than once I wore his super cool helmet. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, things like that. So I was like always fascinated by helicopters, you know, and he was, um, you know, he was like this big god to me. And um, he apparently was really, really good. Um, he 
I think that he crashed once. They say that because he was piloting, both guys made it out. Wow. So, you know, it was like super awesome. <laughs> you know, nice. he, he was like like super idle. So I've, I've mm-hmm. always had this thing for helicopters. But in Mexico, the hobby is not as widespread as here. And it's also not as affordable if you find it. You know, you'll be you'll be probably very uh, lucky to find um, a T-Rex, you know, a, four, a 450. And it'll probably be something that, you know, you won't be able to buy so easily. So right. um, that's why, you know, when I work, when I started working and I started traveling to the U.S., you know, I went to Toys R Us, pick up some, something for the kids, and I saw these Hubble Kellys, and that's where I started with Kellys. Um, but, you know, I've always had like, you know, oh, man, you know, these helicopters are really amazing. And then when I went to that hobby town and saw yeah. that Blade CX-2, I said, ah, oh, this is where I'm at. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. So do you have any sponsors? Well, I don't have any brand sponsorships. I have a sponsorship mm-hmm. uh, from um, Jason at Hobby Boost. Uh, Hobby Boost is um, mostly a Lynx store, but he, he, you know, if you talk with him, he'll, you know, get you most everything. Uh, but nice. on his website, he he mostly deals with Oxy stuff, mm-hmm. and he's he has a very healthy stock of Oxy two of Oxy two stuff mostly. Um, nice. But um, you know, it's been great. You know, he reached out to, to me, and you know, we started working together. Um, he got me some nice T-shirts, you know, and. Uh, I just wear them when I go to phone flights, and it's been really good. You know, he's a great guy. So it's been great working with him. Um, I don't have any other sponsorships. To be honest with you, I've always thought that, you know, sponsors are for, like, super gifted pilots. You know, every time that I go to a phone fly and someone is a sponsor, they fly, like, amazing. At, at the very least, they can do very nice pyro flips, or they can do very nice aileron TikToks near the ground, which I am very far away from doing. <laughs> So, well, I don't um, know how that how I got sponsored. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. You know, I've, I've always had that. Yeah, that yeah. Being, you know that you have to get to be a really good pilot, or or someone like Chris, who's just like an awesome guy. You know, who helps a lot, and you know, mm-hmm. churns out videos, help helps out people. Yeah. You know, even sure. if he doesn't fly like Kyle, you know, he mm-hmm. still flies really well. But his strength, you know, he helps people, and you know, he's been like forever on the hobby and. You can ask him about scale, about 3D, about anything, and, you know, he'll have an answer for you. So, you know, those are the kinds of people that I, you know, I see usually as, as being sponsored. But anyways, you know, it would be, you know, it would be probably nice to have a sponsorship. But um, just because um, I would really like to work with, like, I, I work with Jason, you know, with giving him advice on his website or giving him, hey, you know, this thing is out or, you know, this happened or I noticed someone on the forum that is complaining, hey, poof, should probably take care of him. You know, it's just like cool to work with someone at that level Mm -hmm. um, to interact with them like that. So that's why it would be nice to have to to have a sponsorship. To be honest with you, you know, my dream sponsorship would be Goblin. I'm a a very outspoken Goblin fanboy. Um, I love those helicopters. I, I, I would be happy flying those helicopters you know, and nothing at all, nothing else at all. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, SAB pilots are really good. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. you know, I, I don't know. But it would be really cool to, you know, to be with a brand working like that, you know, give them, giving them feedback, you know, having like the back door to the developers. You know, if there's one guy that asks for help, you know, you can just go and talk to the developer and try to help them out. 
You know, that's mm-hmm. that's why I envision, you know, as uh, as being sponsored, you know, being able, basically being able to help more with the brands that you really believe in. Yes. But, um, but, you know, one day, one day when I actually learn how to fly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, being sponsored is it's more not about your flying skill at all. It's, you know, maybe on the SAB team level, yes, you know, you need to be able to throw down. But I think more on more general levels of most companies, especially companies that have uh, rep programs, like, you know, being a representative of the brand, not being a team pilot per se. Uh, it's more about how you approach the hobby, how you help people, how, um, you know, how you basically support the brand and, you know, you know, definitely with helping, definitely with promotion and marketing and kind of helping out that way too. It's not only about, you know, pure flips on the deck or around TikTok scraping the grass, you know, that yeah. stuff, that stuff, of course, you know, if you could do that, you know, you'll probably get sponsors, you know, knocking on your door every day, but it's, it's not really realistic. I mean, Alex is pretty, you know, said it pretty well last episode that like, you know, those team pilot sponsorships are for like the younger generations that can do all the crazy stuff. You know, I think as, as we get older, we can't, we can't, it's harder for us to retain and learn those type of skill sets and just the, the cojones to just say, fuck it. And just, you know, <laughs> do all this shit right on the deck. Well, yeah, so, and, but and I also you can still do it, right? I also think you can be a phenomenal pilot, but if you're a douche representing the brand, they're not going to want you. Yeah, you know, if you're not, if you yeah. can't talk to people, or if you're, you know, you have no time for, you know, if you're very arrogant, I, I don't think brand, you know, like I said, I don't think you, that companies would want you representing them because that's what it is. Is that you, you know, you, you get re- you, you know, you become a sponsor of a team, or even as a rep or a team pilot, you're representing that company. So if you're a dick, yeah, people are gonna be like, oh, that company just hires douchebags, and why would I bother spending my hard-earned money with the company A, right? When I could go to company B, and it's just as good or even better, and you know, so yeah, it works definitely both ways for that. Some people would yeah. base their whole decision on something like that. Me, yeah. <laughs> If, really? If I went to a fun fly, yeah, and I talked to one guy, and and he was he was very cool and nice, and then I really liked another brand, and I talked to that guy, and he was a douche. Why would I spend money with that guy? I don't know. I wouldn't. I would. I would really consider not not spending money. I mean, there's so many different models out there, man. Mm-hmm. And they're all great. You and know, they're all very good. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. I. I. I agree. I agree. It's just that. Um, I do think that. I mean, you, yeah, I do agree that you don't have to be like super good, although that, that is very commonplace that, you know, sponsor pilots end up being very good, but, yeah. um, you actually have to, have to be able to know so that you can properly guide people. Like, for yes. example, yeah. um, you know, I've, I'm just starting to learn how to tune, you know, and I recently, and I'm not ashamed to say it, you know, I just recently discovered the eye gain on the tail, which is basically everything I've ever touched. Besides the main tail game. So, you know, and I noticed. What's I game? Big <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever mess with any of those uh, PID settings. Man. I just leave yeah, well, them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different on the icon than, yeah. than, on the, than on the V-bar. But, uh, but you know, it's, it's just that, you know, my, I didn't notice it before. Basically, you know, I wasn't noticing until I was doing TikToks and I was not doing TikToks, you know, all over the place, but more or less 
you know, I was able to do TikTok. I've been doing them for so long that I was able to keep them more or less on a place. And then I noticed that the tail was kind of getting lost or, you know, a little bit loose while I was doing the TikToks and, and the heli was not perfectly stable on one position. So I said, hmm, you know, something's happening here. So I went in and did a little bit of research and I up 10 points on the eye gain and there you go. Tail is perfect. You know, now the tail is not moving anywhere. So you actually have to have some degree of skill so that you can start tweaking some things and someone asks you, then you can provide um, so, I, I mean, the answers. The, the hard part about tuning um, PIDs that um, really for me to understand is I know what PIDs mean. I know what each setting is supposed to do or like the outer limits and then you dial back or, or vice versa. But my thing is like, okay, so you're saying when you do TikToks, your, your tail's, you know, kind of moving left or right. It's kind of rotating the heli, as yawing the heli a little, right? Yep. How, how do we know it's not like your gov not keeping up? Or how do you know it's not your, you know, maybe your pitch compensation is too low and it can't, you know, compensate for how hard aggressively you're going into your collective, you know, positive or negative. Like, that's, that's the problem I have when I try to tune stuff like that is, you know, I don't know what is really causing it. Granted, it's probably best to do what you do and like, okay, let's try this. All right. Oh, that fixed it. So then, you know, that's what it was. Like your eye gain was, you know, too low. Yep. Um, but that's my problem. I'm just like, I don't know. The tail's moving. I'm just going to fly it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll just move the tail while I'm TikToking. Like, you know, and what actually helped me is now I can move my TikToks left and right because I can tilt the heli that tail a little and keep it tilted. But but yeah, I just I don't know. I don't. I, I'm terrible with tuning flybars units. That's not definitely anywhere in my my specialty. And nitro tuning is not my specialty. Like I just I don't have a specialty. I just like to talk on a on a mic and every week. That's all I like to do. That's your specialty. <laughs> That's my specialty, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just playing around with it. You know. Yeah. I I remember that when I had the oxy because yes, I had to sell the oxy. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I when I when I had the oxy when. You know, when I first had it, the first weeks, it was horrible, 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 horrible. I was, I actually posted it for sale on Helifree because I was sick and tired of it because I couldn't get it to fly well. And then I discovered the Icon Governor. And, um, oh, and yeah. I also, um, discovered that, um, I changed from a KST 215 servo to a BK tail servo. And oh, okay. it made all the difference in the world. You know, I, I said, this thing is no longer for sale. Sorry, guys. You know, it started flying completely and absolutely different. So I started mm-hmm. relying more, you know, on the flyboardless governor to make the heli feel more stable. Mm-hmm. And then when I was able to feel that, that, you know, that the heli was very, very stable on that regard, yeah. then I started noticing other things that, you know, you could start compensating with tuning. So, mm-hmm. well, that was my thought process through through this at least okay sab fanboy what's in your <laughs> fleet well what's in your um, hangar now um i have a goblin 380 nice i have a goblin 420 and i have Very a goblin nice. 500 okay so with the 380 do you f- i mean sorry with the 420 do you find a need for the 380 because when you fly them <laughs> back to back you probably notice that the 420 is such a better flying bird yeah, well, to be honest with you, a lot of people have asked me that. 
Mm-hmm. Why do I have that? And to, and at one point in time, my original plan was to decide which one to keep. Okay. Um, originally, I got the, you know, being the fanboy that I am, I got the 420 on release. And I wanted nice. to to compare it with the 380, which yes. actually is a Chris Rybert airframe. And we'll probably go into that later. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I find ever since, ever since I sold the Oxy, I felt that someone was missing on my fleet. You know, I missed that small, heli feeling that you can just bang around and, you know, hit the collective and boom, it goes up and hit the, hit the cyclic and, oh, it goes there, you know, and you just have fun with it. You just play around with it. And it's something that, that you can just bang around with the sticks and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found out that I could fill in that gap with the 380. So the 380 is my oxy, let's say, you know, of course, it's not... Um, it, 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 it's very expensive to crash. Sure, um, I was about to say, it's not, so, so it's not, not, it doesn't crash like an oxy. <laughs> yeah, so it's not, it's, not a, it's not a crashable heli. Actually, I'm of a different mindset. I fly not to crash, but we'll probably go into that later. Um, the, but my, my 380 is kind of like my small, fun heli. You know, I, that thing, I don't know why, but it's super, super agile. Um, I don't know if it's the blades because I changed from um, from SAB blades and I didn't like it as much. I changed to seal blades, and it's like super snappy. I um, because because of how I trained on myself on the sim, mm-hmm. the sim has like very high rates, and I was never able to kind of fix that. So I got used to high rates. So actually, when I fly, I have you know my rates very 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 high on on the extreme 3D on um on the icon because that's how i got used to it so you know the the 380 i actually had to bring it down a notch to just regular 3d because it's just like super 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 snappy and it's just fun to fly you know it's i just bang on the sticks on that guy and the 420 the 420 is floatier the 420 is like almost like a big healthy feeling so you know i fly that a little bit different i still bang on it but I don't see it move as fast or as agile. So it's not as fun. So I consider it more like, okay, let's try a little bit more of technicality on this guy, um, so okay. to speak, you know, to put a, a word into it because, you know, I'm not technical. But, you know, it's just not plain fun. It's just you can watch more the maneuvers as they move and you have a little bit more time to react. So that's kind of like my difference between the, the two and why I I've decided to keep both. Um, because you know, the 380 is just fun. <laughs> I love it's, that helicopter for me. Um, the 380 and 420, the 420 felt floatier, of course, and it flew better, but speed wise didn't feel any different. It felt just as fast, just as nimble. It actually, like, to me, I noticed that, uh, it was too similar in size for me to keep both. Um, so when I had the 380 Nightbird and then I converted my 380 to 420, I ended up selling the Nightbird because I just wasn't flying it, you know? And now I'm actually thinking of selling, I'm, now I'm going to sell the 420 because there's no point in keeping that either. It's, uh, you know, on the small helicopter side, like the Oxys are like, you know, they're just the helicopters to really beat up on. And like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like the, the, the fun aspect of the hobby when you crash. And you drive the damn thing in like like you hate it. <laughs> and it's fun because you're like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like 20 bucks worth of parts and I'll just fix it. It's not a big deal. The blades probably cost the most. 
But, you know, it's like I get to do all the beating on it. And then, like, because the 380, I didn't, I didn't like crashing that. It was too expensive for booms. It was too expensive. The blades weren't too bad. It was, yeah, with the Zeal blades, which I do agree the Zeal blades felt. And that 380 size felt a lot better than uh, the, the Blackline SAB blades that the kit came with. I think it was like the cord is wider. It's a little bit wider feeling, so it kind of bites through the air better. But, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. It just, it costs so much. I ended up, my last crash was the 380, or actually, yeah, it was a three? It was a three eighty or four twenty. Might have been a four twenty, but I bent the transmission plate, and that replaced the transmission plate. The uh, you know the, the the cup that holds the bearings for your main shaft and the main shaft and all the spindles and all the parts. It was just it was ridiculously expensive. Even even at a, a pretty, um, you know, I got hooked up on the parts. Let's just say. So yeah. So I was just like, oh, you know, it's not worth crashing. I mean, it sucks. I don't know. Uh, and I'm curious to hear about your experience with the 420 against your 500 then. So how yeah, does well, that seem, you know, how does that compare? That That is very different. The mm-hmm. um, the 500 has like that, you know, I now, after I fly the 500, I understand what everyone says about that big heli feeling. Uh, it's, it's, it feels very, very big on the air. It feels actually everyone that looks at my video says, hey, all your maneuvers look much better on the 500. Just mm-hmm. because it, 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 it gives you that much time to think about the maneuver. You see wait the fly very well. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, wait to fly a light 700 like, a, like Kevin's Logo 690. Yeah. All the well, time in the world to think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all, all the time in the world to say help, is. help, help. <laughs> help, help, of course. <laughs> yeah. All the time in the world to turn around and be like, uh. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, no, that would be, you know, that would be yeah. a dream, but not yet, not yet. Yeah, not yeah, yet. yeah. It worked. But, um, take your time. But you're saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, that that guy is like awesome. You know, I love to fly mm-hmm. it. I feel like if I talk to flying that one, I could probably progress faster. But you know, I would hate to crash it. You know, I've crashed sure. the 380 many times. I've crashed mm-hmm. the 420 two times, I think. I've never crashed the 500. I'm I'm really, really crossing my fingers that I don't want, that I don't crash it. You know, I, I love that that guy. You so know, it, it the 500 so well. you have, uh, which one do you? Which one is that? Is that a sport or version one? Well, actually, that's that's, uh, and I hope I don't run over your your show too long. But um, there's a there's a whole story about that. There's there's a guy on Hell the Freak that gave me like this awesome deal. You know, this awesome guy. I, I you know, there's so great people I've met in the hobby. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave me such a good deal on on a 500 classic airframe. Okay, um, it's a version one, yep. It's a version one. Um, he included the motor, um, a Scorpion motor, which is so used that it's it's lost the yellow anodized and it looks white. Nice. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> everyone everyone asks me, hey, what motor is that? That's a Scorpion. Scorpion? And then they look and yeah, it says Scorpion and everything, but you know all the all the all the yellow anodized is gone. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, the gold is gone, huh? It's yeah. faded. <laughs> yes. So it's so it's but but it keeps working. So you know, I've I've just kept using it. So I I got that, but I said, you know, I really want a sport. So because my dream machine ever since um, you know it came out, it's the white 500 sport. So I decided to make a conversion. Okay. So what I did is I I checked ba- basically both manuals. 
And I said, okay, so what's the difference between these two guys? So mm -hmm. I bought all the parts and it was like the forever project because of course I started with those parts and then I, not I noticed that I needed more parts and then I ordered some more and then I realized that I needed more parts, and, you know. Just a it, quick it, question. Um, you kept the version one transmission plate though, right? Correct. That's, okay, that's, uh, that's basically what I kept. Yes. The, uh, I wanted to keep as much as possible. My goal mm -hmm. was to keep as much as possible from the, um, right. from the original 500 to minimize the cost. Mm -hmm. But, um, but some of the parts, you know, the airframe, you know, it was such a good price. I don't complain, but there were several parts that, you know, I had to change. Right. So, so some of those I ended up upgrading. For example, the swash plate. The swash plate was all notchy. So sure. I went to the new design of the swash plate, mm -hmm. uh, which is a similar design to what the 380 has. Sure. So, okay. so I changed a little bit more parts that I should have changed, but you know, I'm very happy with the change. It's basically a sport with, uh, with, with the 500 old, um, metal transmission, basically. So it's actually a 500 sport with the version one plate, but that's what everyone is doing because of the, you know, the sport plate is a plastic composite yeah. plate, which I don't know, just to me seems like there's way too much stress on the transmission and the belt tension and all that stuff to use a plastic uh, plate there, you know? So I think that's what like, that's like what everyone does kind of, you know, they upgrade that to the, to the version one, you know, transmission plate. It's just, it's a nice CNC piece of your know, machinery. And, you know, why would you want a plastic version? <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and I have one more story about that Ellie. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's more recent, but you know, because actually the, the owner of, of, of the airframe that, that sold it to me actually gave me the motor because he couldn't get the bolts out of the motor of the, of the motor plate. So he okay. said, no, wow. I'll just, I'll just give it to you. So, and I haven't been able to pry that out either. So, so you're you know, talking about on the motor mount or the motor mount to the frame and your transmission plate? Like, the motor mounts to the motor. So, okay. Okay. So the, the two, the, I don't know if it's four bolts or three bolts, whatever it is that holds it on. Yep. Yeah. Thank the you. one, the, yeah. So, um, so I couldn't get it out. So, you know, I, so I basically, I, I, you know, I have to keep that motor if I want to, to, uh, and if I want to change to a different motor, I would have to change the plate. Sure. So, uh, you know, so I had it on the, under consideration and then someone posted on Helifreak that there was some, um, clearance items on the link site. So I went and picked in and I found that they had the 500 motor plate mm -hmm. on links. And I said, well, you know, I should probably get it. Can you guess the price? And I think I I sent this out to you guys, but I yeah, don't remember. yeah, yeah, um, I remember. It, but you could tell our me, listeners. Uh -huh. <laughs> it cost me ninety cents. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was it was. I mean, it's the the least expensive part I've ever yeah. ever seen. It cost you more to ship it, right? Economy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I paid fifteen hundred. You know, my my tab was fifteen dollars and ninety cents. Oh my god, 15, I would have added so much <laughs> stuff on there. <laughs> like, if I'm gonna pay that much shipping, I gotta at least make a twenty thirty dollar order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know, it was like you know, I I have to get this deal, and you know, I love you know, fifteen ninety just That's just so that just that piece, you know, and the the stock part is actually nineteen, so I I I saved oh, that, I saved a little bit, so yeah, but that was funny. So now it's waiting for a motor. 
Nice. So what are you going to go? Are you going to go with another Scorpion or are you going to go X Nova? I'm I'm a big X Nova fan. I have the X Nova 890 on the Goblin and I have the X Nova Terrec 930 on the 420. Hmm? So I'm going to go with the X Nova. I think it's what, 1200 on the 500 eventually. Something like that. Yeah, 1200 KV probably. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Cool. I like X Nova motors. I like the way they look. <laughs> yeah. But don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like Scorpion motors too, but. Yeah. Yeah, you know you you know why I don't like Scorpion motors? I you know, this motor has been awesome. You know, don't get me wrong, you know. I know that these guys, you know, I've and I've heard, I've heard George's, you know, he's a he's a stand up guy, you know, he's an awesome guy. Oh, yeah. He runs a great company, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, Chris sponsored by him, you know, it's it's an awesome brand. But when I made my decision originally on which motor I wanted to put in, I heard that you have to loop Scorpion motors. Um, yeah, this, the main it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's a recommended maintenance to loop them, and Oops. X X Novas are zero maintenance. So I yeah. went X Nova basically. Although I've heard, and I know why you've said oops because you probably have increased yours, Kevin. Right. But I've heard that it's not necessary. Uh, you know, I've heard all different stories. I've heard that you yeah. have to loop them or they or they will die. I've heard that the if you loop them die. too much, mm-hmm. you will actually hurt the bearings eventually. So if you overlook them, it's actually bad. And I've heard people yeah. not look them at all and being very happy. So Yep, I heard the same three cases. So a little bit different, but I heard that if you don't, you know, I've heard like Rob, he's like, oh, I have thousands and thousands of flights on my, my Scorpion motor. No problem ever. Then I hear like, you know, people are like, oh, if you lube them, it pushes out the stock grease out of them. And then you have to lube them all the time. After five flights, you always have to put a couple of drops of oil in there bearing oil and then i heard like ah you don't need to bother just like i don't know it's such a mixed consensus of like what you're supposed to do for maintenance and, and i should have asked george when he was on the show but um yeah you, know, you asked him then, about the kv and you didn't ask him that man yeah oh, yeah <laughs> and then and but the, the thing is is you know then you hear about x nova and their maintenance free and but i had to rebuild my x nova i wore out the the c-clip in my x nova on the track on the 380 and, you know, granted, I probably had like maybe like three, four hundred flights on that motor, you know. And so it's like, OK, not a big deal to replace a, a C-clip that cost me like six bucks. But, you know, same reason why Frank Mordedios came off of like he didn't want to do X Nova anymore. It's primarily because he felt like the support wasn't there for the product because he couldn't find which C-clip. And it took me it took me a little while to figure out which C-clip. I had to go to a whole bunch of sites to look up different you know c clips and millimeters and and figure out which one is for the that motor yeah uh, but once i found it it's fine but it's just like it's kind of annoying but uh yeah i mean either way i think they're both awesome motors you know you really can't go wrong with either one and and i think the maintenance is it's more i don't know maybe if you live in like a dusty area and you get a lot of dust and sand and stuff getting yeah. stuck into that motor you i could see that you know you'd have to lube it or you're going to get premature bearing wear. But um, I don't think you really have to. I don't know. Yeah. I've also heard that the actual stock um, grease that you have to use stinks. <laughs> stinks? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't even know what that, bearing oil is supposed to use. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got to be oil. It can't be like a grease grease, right? It can't have like, it can't be thick. Because you'd have to think you just do like a drop on the shaft and it gets into right. the bearing. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. So before we get off your, your fleet, are you in? Are you gonna be looking to getting something bigger than a five hundred? You gonna move up to a five seventy or? or um, you know? Well, 
my Seven. my next my next heli definitely is gonna be either a uh, 700T okay or a 700 Sport of Go course Sport. yeah it's it's gonna be either of those um of course that's probably at least a year away <laughs> because I have to save up for that but um sure but that's definitely what I'm what I'm going for um I've I've compared the two it's probably between I don't know, 500, 600 difference, especially with the new deal that Bert has, which is awesome. I can't believe it. it yeah. That deal that he has, the new 700 Sport with switch plates and VK servos, mm-hmm. you know, that's that that's a pretty good deal. You know, that yeah. yep. that's that's unreal. But um, but then I think you know, if I'm gonna buy brand new heli, you know, I'm you know I'm talking that you know you're spending two thousand, three thousand dollars anyways because you have to buy batteries and you have to buy all the electronics and you have to buy the airframe so mm-hmm. you know so you know too much you know if you go to one or the other and you make the math it's not that much yeah difference. you're talking about a t-line and a and a sport it's yeah. basically about three to four hundred dollar difference right. you know but when you're talking about okay you're spending two thousand or twenty four hundred i mean yeah yeah it's it's like it's you know 20 percent more or something like that right. it's not it's not the end of the world to get a T line. Uh, be aware though, the T line flies like crap with the T blades. It's super light, but it's also super flexible, and the blades are too stiff, so it really doesn't fly too well. That's why people who fly the T line normally get rid of those blades, and they'll either fly those T line blades on a Black Thunder or a Comp competition, and then they'll use Switch or you know other blade manufacturers for the T line because the being the blades being so stiff and the airframe being so flexible because it's so light, the frame itself is so thin and light that um, it doesn't, it's not a well-balanced machine, I would say. Okay. But, um, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely good to know. This is And this is the opinion, like, I don't know firsthand. I don't, I have never flown one. But this is from every single person I asked who owns a T-Line, all had a general consensus of this, you know. Hmm. Yeah. That 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 plays a big part on the decision because you know the the new S comes without blades. Yeah, and you can put the blades that you want, and you're locked in exactly. with the with it with the T with the T blades on the T line. So yeah, I mean you're not technically locked in because you can sell oh. those blades and buy another set, oh, yeah. same price yeah, pretty but, much. But yeah. uh, but you know you're talking about the first, you know about your first expense. I I don't know. It's, right. it, it's yeah. a good point. It's a good yeah, point. Yeah. Something to be aware of, you know. Um, yeah, I personally uh, now, now would... you've destroyed all my plans, <laughs> Steve. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm gonna I have that. to curse you every day from here until one year until <laughs> I can buy it. <laughs> well, whenever you're ready to buy it, we'll you know we'll point you to the right person. They'll get they'll get you a great price on whichever decision you make. What kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? Newbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, just, just trying to, you know, my dream is to, I'm, I'm also, one of my other passions is music. Um, I don't write music or, you know, even play an instrument, but I just love music. So my dream is to be able to fly a music, a flight to music routine. You know, that's, that's what I want to do one day to be able to listen to some music, you know, with, uh, whatever uh you know speaker or headphones or whatever and uh fly to that music and fly on sync with the music 
Um, so that's what I want to do eventually. Mm-hmm. So I want to be a 3D pilot eventually. But I'm, you know, I'm 10% of where I want to be. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I would say that, you know, I want to be a 3D pilot and I'm working towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't want to go into speed or into precision or any of that. I really want to do uh, 3D, but I'm far away from that yet. So I'm still a newbie. I'm not even a sport pilot, I guess you could say it, because I try to do 3D. So I don't fly... I don't try to fly sport. You know, I try to bang on the heli because I really want to learn how to do that. So why don't you just fly the music? I mean, you don't have to have like a crazy maneuver list. You can choreograph just sport flying or, you know, just flying in general with music. You know, you just kind of pick the beats that you want to turn the heli and turn it when you're, when you hear it, you know? Um, I tried that. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, I tried that not not for real. I tried it on, on the sim, and I felt okay. miserably because <laughs> I I just go so much into the music, and you know the music that I like, you know, is disturbed, Lacuna Coil, Linkin Park, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so you know, it starts going into hard rock, and I feel the need to start moving those sticks, and I crash. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I I I I've decided that I want, that I'm gonna wait until. I I can actually maneuver the heli to my liking. <laughs> sure, sure. So I can you, understand that. Yeah, yeah. So you could actually fly the heli and not have the heli fly you. Correct. Or uh, make me walk the walk of shame. Yeah. I I'm in my mind. I'm I'm almost in the same boat you are, Javier. But in my mind, like I've I was to a point when I was playing guitar to where it became natural, and even I I was. I played lead guitar in a band, so, and but the band in the music was a little bit different. But the, it was the lead parts came natural after a while, and that's where I'd love to get where my helicopter flying to where I can put music on, and then it kind of naturally. I mean, something you would work on, yeah, obviously. The same with playing guitar, but it just would be kind of a natural type feel. That's that's where I'm I'm hoping to get. Yeah, I think it comes to you once you once you start learning to fly and get really comfortable that you end up using the music and using the helicopter, like without thinking about it, but like you can envision it. Like you can envision like, Oh, when, when that beat hits, I'll do this or I'll do that. You know, even if it's just, I'm going to do a hurricane or I'm just going to do a circuit and I'll bank the other way and I'll do a a stall turn, come back down. You know, maybe the stall turn, you you go really high up. Like you go a lot of collective up, you know, mid stick, whip that tail around with the music as you're coming, as it's starting to fall and then you catch it. Yeah. I mean, it has, it has to definitely come to you and you have, to, I think flying 3d stuff, you have to be able to envision it, you know? Well, in the music world, it's modes like your, your different chords, your different uh, phrases and modes mm-hmm. uh, for, for soloing and stuff like that. So that's, look at this what, guy what getting all music is, theory on us. Well, well, what I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, <laughs> If I can only hover, if I can only do a hurricane in one direction, like I only know like one or two modes. So sure. Right. Right. I want to get more built up before I, I try working them into something musically. I, sure. I totally get where Javier is coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, and now that we're in the topic of music, there's, uh, two more, two more stories about, about music. When I got the 420, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to do my first build video and I wanted to do it 
you know, like really, really cool. So I, I bumped up with, and probably you know him because he's a Jersey guy, uh, Tom Colantonio. I don't know yeah. if you've, yeah. yeah. He's yeah like, I know him. I bought my Black Thunder from him. Uh, he's, 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 a, he's, he's, he's a really nice guy, and I didn't know that he's a professional musician. And he's and, uh, awesome on the guitar. He's like amazing. I don't know if you, Kevin, if you heard uh, any of his stuff. No, I. I oh, this guy solos and wails on a guitar. Nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know who he is. But mm-hmm. I, I no, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, nice. he's 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 a really nice musician, and uh, I I didn't know. You know, I just for something. You know, we bumped into into Hellfreak, and we started talking, and um, mm-hmm. you know, one day we were chatting, and he he was like, you know, what you're doing, you know. And, and he's like, well, I'm recording. I'm recording with an artist right now. I'm on the studio. And I said, what? <laughs> you know, that, that is like unreal. I mean, I'm here, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in, 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 my, in my desk, you know, looking at, at a computer. And you're like recording an artist. You know, that's like super cool. So yeah. I told him if I could use some of his music to, mm-hmm. um, to some of my videos. So the, actually the video, my maiden video for the 420 has 3,000 views. Thanks to him. <laughs> because, <laughs> oh, nice! Because I, um, I asked him for a piece of music that you know he made with a collaboration, and that was like an awesome song. And I told him, "Hey, can I use this?" And uh, you know, it made me feel like a rock star for like twenty seconds because he said, "Yeah, sure." You know, we're gonna have to ask permission to the to the label, the label. And, yeah. you, mm-hmm. and, and to be able to use their work. And then he came back and said, "You know." You have the permission, but you have to put these and these and these and these and these in the description. Sure, yeah, and credit. It was. I was like, oh, awesome! You know, I feel like 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 a rock star. You know, uh, doing something you know with someone famous. So that was pretty cool. And that's you know, nice. that's that's my most viewed video. You know, three thousand views. I can't, I can't believe it. That's like unreal. You know, when I posted it, and you know, the the counts just started like going up. And I, I, I contacted him and said, hey, you know, the views of this thing are like going to the stratosphere. So it was pretty cool. Nice. And uh, the other thing, um, remember now talking about your, your um, you know, playing the guitar. And uh, I actually, I wrote a, like a very lengthy introductory post on the Helipreak. And I equated you know, learning how to fly helicopters with learning how to play an instrument. And I think that many people kind of dug into that concept. And also because, you know, people, we were talking about, you know, people going into the hobby and not knowing what they're up against and then going to Toys R Us and looking at a drone and, you know, just picking it and the drone doing exactly what they want, when they want it, push a button right. and it comes back home and it lands by itself and it, takes up by itself you know it's just instant gratification and you know uh-huh. people think the same thing about helicopters you know that they can just pick it up you know the same thing i did you know i just bought a helicopter and i expected to fly it and you know i crashed it the first 30 seconds of my first flight so which is what happens to most people so um i i i it was funny because you know this this kind of caught on that you know it's not a toy you know it, it is more like a musical instrument you have to Learn, you know how you have to dedicate time to train to get better it's not that you just pick it up like a toy that you read some instructions and charge a battery and you can play it you know you mm-hmm. actually right. have to dedicate time to it and preferably use 
some kind of methodology, which is where, you know, Archmage AU's thread comes into play, you know, with some sort of methodology so that you can practice, you know, in a way that will be beneficial to you, build some basics so that you can keep moving on. It's not like, you know, just grabbing something and doing it. You have to think more of it like learning how to play a musical instrument. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go into this. What's one thing you would tell someone new in a hobby to do? Well, um, you know, we were talking also about the what should be your first heli, right? And there's there's tons of things to consider when you're buying a new heli. If you have at least a grasp, you know, mm-hmm. because there's an option to buy, you know, a ready-to-fly heli. There's an option to buy, to buy a buy-and-fly heli. There's an option right. to buy a kit heli. There's an option to buy a used heli that is a kit heli that's already assembled for you. You know, there's several options. And where should mm-hmm. you begin? Should you begin with a big heli, which everyone says that is more stable to fly and easier to learn on? Or should you start with a small one? Or, you know, what what to start with? So what I keep telling everyone, and I, a friend of mine told me that I was the greeter of Heli Freak for a while. You know, on the new memory introductions, I just went in and said, oh, hi, here's a post so that, you know, I referred them to my post so that, they would have a, an introduction, and I always recommend the Blade 230S. You know, to someone new, I recommend two things. Buy a 230S and buy, buy, a, uh, buy, buy, a, buy a $20 uh, Amazon uh, lookalike transmitter USB controller and download HeliX for free and, you know, learn how to fly on the sim. And the Blade 230S, I think, is like the one of the most well thought out, even if it, it was by accident or not, I don't know, but it's probably one of the best thought out things that Blade has ever done. Um, that helicopter has, you know, link, the, the linkages are different lengths and they sell them on the proper length so that you put them on the right place. They sell the entire head pre-assembled. You know, it's like super easy to fix. Even if you know nothing about it, it's one mm-hmm. of those rare helis that if you actually read that one-page exploded manual that they have, for that's all the maintenance that you, information that you'll get from late, you can actually rebuild the heli. So it's super easy. Um, you know, it, it has like some, uh, let's call them wizards, to recenter the servos. You know, it's very, 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 very easy to fix. And it's nice. super cheap to crash. So um, I always recommend, you know, that guy. It's uh, $300.00. For the helicopter, the radio, a battery, and a charger. You know, it doesn't get better than that. And it yeah. costs like $15 to every time that you crash it or less. So nice. that's the perfect training heli. You will not outgrow it for a while. And then for your sim, if you, if, if you know, if, or if you want to explore what RC helicopters are all about, you know, just buy that $20 Amazon controller that has a USB interface. Mm-hmm. And download HeliX for free. And there you go. You know, you are finding out what helicopters are all about for 20 bucks. So, um, you can learn your orientations. You can learn uh, a little bit of, you know, what it is like. Mm-hmm. Get the experience of it. Then buy your first heli, which I recommend to be the 230S. That's, mm-hmm. of course, just my personal, uh, opinion. I had that heli and I loved it. And then move along to whatever you want. You know, nice. there's the, this, the sky, the sky's the limit from there. Many people say that you can get a mentor 
and you can actually start on the 700. I personally, and that's my very own personal opinion, I don't recommend that because I'll go into what I had promised before, which is I've been already hit by a helicopter. And it's, uh, and it's not something that, um, uh, that I want anyone else to go through. So, you know, it's, um, it's not just that a 700 is, yes, easier to fly. And yes, parts are bigger and you can see them easier. It's that, you know, a 700 is a flying lawnmower. You know, yeah. it, well, it's they all very, are. They all yeah, are. Even but, a 380 at 3,600 RPMs, that's, yeah. that'll wreck you. I mean, the, the the key is is that you never, you don't do that. You never fly to yourself, or you run away. I guess. I mean, that's. I know it's. I know it's. Well, it happens. It's intimidating too. Yeah. Well, that's a big. That's a big thing about seven hundreds, and that intimidates. It's the intimidation that scares people and ends up making a mistake that they shouldn't have made in the first place. But um. And you still have leading edge surface area that is a lot larger than sure. You know something smaller. Yeah, I mean you could go with the real like a two thirty, like you say, which I think is a great beginner heli. I think that's everyone who starts out. You know, even if you've been flying planes for a long time, is to go with the, the two thirty. The whole safe thing and like having the different levels of like amount of bank and all that stuff. Great. Yeah, wish I had that when I started. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I I don't recommend anyone really starting with a seven hundred. I think that's um, it's it's just it's too expensive. It's just too expensive. It's too much, even for mentor, and even if you're like buddy boxing, and you know, say you're not crashing, but it's just yeah, and, and that's another thing though, which I would also recommend is if you know, on the flip side, that if you do have you know, a field, a club around you, other folks that fly to the park even, um, see if someone could help you by buddy boxing because things like you flying a helicopter at yourself would probably been avoided if, you know, if you had a buddy box. But let's go over that. I'm kind of curious. What happened? How'd you hit yourself? Well, uh, this was a long time ago, of course, in my beginnings, mm-hmm. when I was just learning how to, uh, how to do force, fast forward flying. Basically, you know, as I said, I started with a 200 SRX. I crashed it. I, I consider my first year in the hobby completely lost. Then I went for a 360 CFX. Ooh, <laughs> you know, I yeah. jumped all the way from, from, from a 200 SRX to a 360 CFX. And I started, of course, you know, just hovering tail in, just trying to get used to it until eventually, you know, after a few crashes, I eventually got the hang of it and started doing some fast forward flying. So it was a fall day, so it was cold. So I was wearing three, three or four layers of clothing because it was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, and I thank God every day that he was on my opposite side. Um, I was flying with my son, which is twelve at the time, which is twelve. Well, he's just made thirteen. You know, mm-hmm. still my, you know, a kid. Oh, um, yeah. He was helping me film. Actually, I have video of that, and I have it up on YouTube. I, uh, he was helping me film uh, my flight. So I was coming from a left um, from a left turn, coming towards me, and for some reason, I don't know if it was a combination of wind and my stick movements. Basically, the helicopter was I don't know uh, thirty feet in the air, and all of a sudden it was like ten feet in, ten feet in the air, you know, in that matter of a couple seconds. 
I oh, didn't geez. know probably what wind. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was probably wind, you know. Yep, I just lost lift. And but I, I was still but I was banking to to be able to start moving, you know, towards me, of course, not towards me, but, you know, in front of me. Right. So I was pushing the collective. So, of course, this thing all of a sudden is screaming at positive collective at, you know, at, at, at uh, so, face height towards uh-huh. me. I didn't know what to do. Um, I got I got scared. So the only thing that I did is that I turned myself around and I let it, it let it hit me in the back. So it just uh, fell to the ground. Uh, all in pieces. The battery ejected, so it turned turned itself off. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> at that moment, the only thing that I thought was, I was so upset that I had crashed the helicopter again. I, <laughs> you know, it didn't really matter that it was against myself. At that moment, I said, you know, I just fixed it. This was my first time that I was actually flying nice, other mm-hmm. than tailing hover. You know, I was doing some progress. Because my first flight actually went fairly well. This was my second flight. And, you know, I was really, really upset. I grabbed the helicopter and I tossed it around <laughs> and, and I tossed it into the back. I was so angry. And, you know, and my, my son turns at me and says, you know, Dad, you once told me that if you really, really like something, you could keep at it. You know, my 11-year-old, probably at the time, kid taught me a life lesson at that time. And uh, yeah. so I said, okay, so, all right, all right, all right. I count myself down. Then it says, dad, dad. I said, what? You have a hole in your, in, in, in your shirt. Then I looked, you know, my, it, it went through four layers of clothing into my back into a very deep cut. I didn't oh, know wow. how, how much it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I just packed up, left, um, and I stopped at, um, you know, at a hotel on the way home just because I wanted to know what I was up against. So, you know, I just went into the bathrooms of the public bathrooms into the hotel and uh, took my took took a look. And it was like, I don't know, probably a good five, six inches of, of a very deep, very, very, uh, very bad cut on my back. I had one on my back and one on the, on my underside arm. So I went back home and we told we told the wife. Of course, we uh, we were very very close to going to you know to the hospital, but I had that um, that medical super glue. I don't know how it's called. You know that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like skin glue, use. whatever. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's instead of stitches. So we use that. Um, you know, we have doctors in the family, so we call them and they said, okay, so just do these, and we have to cut little pieces of uh, of tape in a yep. certain way Hold and then apply together. that. And they told mm-hmm. us they told us how to do it. So I saved up a trip to the hospital, but I was very close. Um, so ever since that time, you know, I've been very, very like safety conscious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, my question I had was uh, when you're turning, were you turning towards yourself or, or away from yourself and the helicopter got close to you? Towards myself. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of a, that's kind of another thing I'd recommend when anyone doing forward flight and they start bank turning that to learn to bank away from you. You know, so if you're going right to left, you turn right at the end and not left. So that way the helicopter, especially when you have uh, like a headwind, the wind facing like blowing in your face. Um, it's easy that, that the helicopter can, when you bank over, can make a wider turn than you expect 
and then be coming at you. Um, same thing if you're going right to left, you bank to the left. So that way it's always pushing away from you, initially, at least initially until you get comfortable flying and controlling the heli in windy conditions or any conditions um, until you gain that level of control. Yeah, that that that's scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't more serious because I mean, I don't see that's those are reasons you got to go on Facebook. Uh, some guy recently hit himself with a 700 and he had like huge, huge cuts on his arm, like staples. I don't know, like 40 staples it looked like. Yeah. Um, you know, all over his arm, his face, like it was insane. Um, yeah. and Things like this can happen easily, um, un- you know, not even like because because you don't have you, at the time you didn't have the skills to like you know kind of see it happening and either dump the heli or to push the heli away from you or run <laughs> like never just turn your back like jump out of the way you're more yeah. likely to be able to um, get that helicopter like if you just move two steps to the right it probably hit the floor and not you. Um, but yeah, you never know. Right. So, uh, but yeah, I'm glad everything wasn't as, wasn't too serious, but yeah, that's a definitely a lifeless lesson to, to learn. Like, yeah, these are not toys. You must respect oh, the yeah. helicopter, yeah. um, or it will bite you, you know? And really yeah, and, at any size. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I've hit yeah, my and, foot and cut my foot with a little fixed pitch, yeah. 100, 125 millimeter size. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, you know, it's not just the size at any skill level because we're talking about a potential issue with lack of skill. Mm-hmm. But the the only story that I know so far of a guy actually killing himself with the seven hundred was sure, one yeah. of those guys that did Aileron on TikToks on the on on the deck. You know, yeah, he was doing but, like a full collective. Um, uh, hurricane a full collective or hurricane funnel. or funnel. Yep, I, yeah. I know the whole story. Um. The, the thing, and that's another thing, like, it's, it's not just a skill level thing. It's also a safety thing. It's the, there's, there's a level of pilots that came out, you know, um, that are super good. They're sponsored by airframe manufacturers and all this stuff, but they fly freaking five feet in front of them with a 700 helicopter. I've seen people buzzing by maybe less than 10 feet distance between a helicopter and its closest point in a hurricane, in an inverted hurricane. So the blades are at you. Yeah. And that's what happened with this kid. It was an inverted, excuse me, inverted funnel going around full collective and something happened and, you know, it hit him and killed him instantly. That was it. It's it's not the, about the skill level initially. I'd say initially, oh, sorry, initially it would be about skill level, but it can be dangerous regardless of your skill level. It's, it definitely, you have to fly, f- people have to fly further away from themselves. And, yeah. and they get carried away because they want to see that helicopter right in front of them going smack, 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 you know, boom, boom. You see the grass move, you see the blades just barely hit the ground, all that stuff. But that's way too close, you know. Yeah. And so, but yeah, yeah definitely you're right. It's not a, just a skill level thing. Yeah, and it's a machine that can fail. You know, it's, yeah. you know, you, you do pre-flight checks, you know, people try their best to make sure that mm-hmm. it works, but you know, something could stress that you were not aware of and you pop a link and that's it. You know, this, the helicopter will start wobbling uncontrollably. And unless you're Duncan Bossion and very, very, very lucky, you won't be able to control it, you know? Sure. So, because, you know, that, that thing where Duncan Bossion lost his tail and he, he auto it down, 
that wasn't real. But uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, you know, very you know, three people in the world, and even though he was probably lucky, you know, because if it was closer to him, no skill in the world will be able to save it, to save you from that thing hitting you, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, you know, it's not, it's not obviously just skill level. Like, it's not if you dumb thumbed it, you know, it's, it's failures happen. It happens yeah. all the time, you know, yep. you know, most, most of this stuff, you know, if you think about all the, the head speed and inertia and the blades and the, especially in the 700, right? Even though you're not talking about high head speed, but you're talking about definitely less than a 380. Definitely less than a 500 or any other heli. Like as people, people don't, you know, people that are outside the RC heli hobby, they don't really understand. They think a smaller heli is safer. It is to a point, but it's also, you know, the small helis are running crazy head speed. My Oxy two, you know, when all said and done, it's going to run 55 to 6,000 RPMs on that head. It's insane. Now my 700. 1800 1900 low head you know low head speed is 1300 it's it's still fast and there's still a lot of inertia in the blades because the blades are huge but it's not screaming speeds i mean i mean sometimes at 2200 it's pretty screaming but yeah but um but yeah i was gonna say dude, yeah when you're flying a plane you want to stay one mistake high it's yeah. it's almost similar to you know when you're flying a helicopter stay one mistake away from yourself right, right at least at least one mistake i'd say three mistakes away from you I mean, because you have other things to consider. You know, you have your mechanical failures that could happen, like yeah. you touched on. Yeah, because all this stuff, all, all this inertia, all this moving parts, all the mechanics, the, the the engineering mastery, you know, it's all it's all defi- it's all you know dependent on a little plastic horn on your servo, a little plastic link on a ball, right? Metal ball that's holding on for its dear life, <laughs> you know. So yeah, and, and especially with like say nitros or just wear and tear on electrics too um things get loose that's why you, you have to do your pre-flight checks but they don't always you don't you you won't always catch it you know and that's the thing to take home is that that you know you can check your links check everything make sure it's good check your servos make sure it's all correct in the right direction and all your gyros are, are working properly but you know one hairline crack on the servo arm that you couldn't see that you didn't think that was there you know even though you had a tip over you know, maybe the weekend before, and you and you double checked everything. Everything looked good. Um, could eventually fail on you from the stress and the load of these these helicopters have to endure. Yep. So yeah, yeah, and you know, um, something that you said um, just just made me think about something else. You know, small helicopters are misleading <laughs> because yeah. what do you do when you fly a smaller helicopter? You usually fly it lower to the ground and closer to yourself because you know they're small. They, yeah. they don't seem to be such a threat. And plus, you don't get to see them from afar. So you it's have to fly them. to fly them when they're far. Yeah. They're, not, they're tidy, you know. It's just, especially as you start getting older. I mean, you know, it's harder to see these damn things. Yeah. And, I mean, you can, Kevin can, can verify. Like, sometimes I'll kind of like, I'll do an inverted hover close, you know, maybe 15 feet or 20 feet. You know, maybe like 10 feet, 20 feet in the air or something like that, but in like 20, 30 feet out. It, it's still pretty close looking because it's a big helicopter. But m- most of my moves, most of the tricks where I'm smacking the thing around, I'm 100 feet up and 100 feet out. I'm, I'm using the field. I'm out there. You know, the, the helicopter looks like a 450 in the air, but it's okay because I can see the helicopter. I can still see what it's doing. I can still fly it and it's far away and I'm okay, you know? 
I mean, the only things that I get close, which I probably shouldn't, it's like when I do the walls, I come flying back at, at not at me, but on the left side of me, and then I stop it, and, and then kind of punch out the walls, but yeah. Anyways, um, going back to, that's the first part of that question, um, what would be one thing you would tell someone new in the hobby not to do? Follow the advice of many people who say, buy, you know, there are some things that you have to. There's something that you should avoid, which is basically everyone says buy the very best thing that you can afford. And I think that we've gone into length of why you shouldn't buy the best and biggest helicopter that you can afford. You should buy the best charger you can afford. You should yeah. buy the best radio you can the, afford. The, the peripherals, the add-ons. Yeah. yeah. Buy yeah, the best but, you can afford. Charger. not the heli. <laughs> yeah. I so totally yeah, don't I, buy a don't buy a big heli. Don't don't go with uh you know with charm that you know yeah WS are beautiful helicopters but you need to go through something smaller and cheaper and safer first before you attempt to go into those guys. Yes, yes. Cool. Yep. Okay, so what's your most memorable experience in the hobby? Oh man, there's so many. Um you know there one or two, yeah. The most memorable man. That's that's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> well, I guess, and and this 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 is going to sound kind of like your Cal Stacy man crush. <laughs> but um, <you laughs> why know. people say that? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I guess it would be Chris Rybert. You know, it, he's he's like an awesome guy. He's the reason why I have a goblin and why I started the goblins. Not because he steered me toward that, because he but. But because he sold me on my first Goblin 380 airframe, um, okay. you know, he's been there ever since, you know, I, he's kind of like accepted me and, you know, uh, I keep text, texting him and, you know, he always replies and he, sh- he shares his pictures with me and I share with him. He's like, like super, super guy. He's like the, one of the examples of, of, you know, what it should be to be in this hobby. So I guess that one of the best things and not to demerit anyone else, you know, I've met amazing people in the hobby but you know um so far the experiences with chris have been awesome um and i think that would be like uh i i know it sounds man 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 crushy but you know it's he it's just that he's he's been on on several steps you know several important steps throughout my hobby career you know starting with my goblin crush so um i guess that's uh one of the best things he's the one to blame for goblin crush (laughs) (laughs) yeah Okay. It's your fault, cool. Chris, if you're listening. Oh, he's definitely listening. It is his fault. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so but I'm going to ask for your worst crash, but I want something besides the one you hit in yourself because that's probably probably going to be your worst crash, but there's got to be yeah. another one where you're like, oh, crap, <laughs> I dumped up the real hard into the ground. I guess that would have to be my latest 420 crash because all, all you know, there was a point at the beginning where I crashed everything. Then there was a point when I stopped crashing and I started crashing out of mechanical, mechanical or electronic failure. Mm-hmm. So, but this crash was plain dumb thumb, and I realized about that later. Basically, I I started spooling off the heli. Okay. I started floating it into a hover, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to make a flip. You know, it was uh, you know I feel very very comfortable with doing flips. But I, it wasn't oh, far no. away from me, and it wasn't high enough, and I dumped thumped the collective, 
and I just gave it too much and I gave the wrong inputs. So basically what happened is that it sink past me, above me, behind me, and fell nose down. Oh, jeez. Okay, I was going to ask you this too when you started talking about flips and you're low and, and involving in a crash. Do, do you do you backflip more than you front flip? Like, which is your preferred flipping method? I, I backflip almost yeah. always, yes. I always front flip. Just like I always turn away from me, I go with the safest route, which would be if I do, if I do exactly what you mean by pumping the collective way too much, that the helicopter is going to always go away from me and never at me or over me. Because I used to do that too. I used to backflip and I had a bad experience with my Blade 550X doing, it was a backflip into an inverted hover and, and then I, I totally lost orientation. But yeah. So, so how, how bad was the damage? What were we talking about? It came in on the nose, you said, right? Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. Um, I of course wrecked the canopy. Uh, sure. It's the first mm-hmm. frame that I that I um, that I've ever uh, damaged. Oh really? And I have wow. to admit that the Goblin 380 has. You know, I've crashed my 380 a lot, and it everything breaks except the middle portion of the frame. <laughs> you know, you will you will break the tail, you will break the boom, you will break the canopy, you will break the bearings inside in, inside mm-hmm. of the head. Bottom you plate know, for sure. Your bottom gears, plate, yeah. yeah. You mm-hmm. will break. Everything except that middle portion. It's like a tank, you know. But sandwich and I broke mine. Those two frames, <laughs> and you broke yours. Yeah, it's it's, and you know I've never done anything to it, but it cracked right where, you know that the stock uh, motor mount for the 380 and the on the 420 has mm-hmm. three bolts, and then there's a new one that's a cooling mount that has four bolts. Yeah, two mm-hmm. on each side. And yep. it broke exactly where the weakest point was, which was the side where there's only one bolt. So, so it broke the, the frame or the motor mount? It broke. They broke the frame. Okay. Mm-hmm. At that point. Sure. So it broke the frame. Of course, you know the head, the blades. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The boom. The boom survived fairly well. The the, the breakaway nylon bolt mm-hmm. popped off. Uh, so it it did what it's what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, several years, you know, the works. Sure, so that yeah. was, uh, yeah, that was that was very hard. In fact, part of the reason why I sold the Oxy was to repair the 420. That's how bad it was. Damn! Wow. So yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. bad. I, although I have to be honest, it, there, I sold it, uh, you know, at a, at a very good price. So I still I did get to upgrade my charging, my charger, my nice. my charger station. So it was nice. good. So yeah, we didn't really talk about that. Um, Besides your heli, what do you what do you run? What kind of charger? What kind of transmitter? I know you, you said that you run icons. Yes, um, I um, I run Spectrum. I started with a DX6, mm-hmm. then I purchased a DX9 Black Edition. Nice. Um, I have a Rebel Electrics GT500 for okay. my charging. Um, I have uh, well, I purchased from a guy used a um, a very very nice, which is my portable charger um it's an old e-flight it's you know really discontinued but it's a really nice 200 watt charger with its uh with its uh power base and everything you know it's very nice mm-hmm. but the gt500 i have it fed to uh two server power supplies so yep. it's like 24 my home, bolts right 24 volts so my mm-hmm. uh, my home charging station is pretty beefy i can um i usually charge I, I don't charge any more than uh, than one C 
I don't like to charge at home because I have the time. I usually charge the night before. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes about 45 minutes to charge three packs at one scene. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. One, one, more, uh, one more from uh, Mr. Rybert. Remember that magazine, RC Heli Pilot, that used to exist? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. That, it still uh, does, though, doesn't it? Isn't it just it, on uh, E, like it's, online it's only, only now? Yeah, it's only it's it's supposed to be online only now. I I never subscribed, but I did. Is that um, I tried to get my kids into reading, so we went to Barnes and Noble fairly often, so mm -hmm. they could buy their books. And then sure. I went to the magazine section, and I bought my RC Pilot, my RC Heli Pilot magazine. So I right. never subscribed. I probably would have purchased uh, three subscriptions if I had done it the right way, because it's much less expensive to subscribe. Than to buy the actual newsstand magazine, yes. but anyways, mm -hmm. um, right? But at one point they made um, like a call for people to submit articles to the magazine. Yeah, and because Chris Rybert is a contributor, mm -hmm. uh, he kind of squeezed mine to the top. <laughs> so nice. So I I ended up having you know a submission about my yep, thoughts on the V80 platform mm -hmm. and. The uh, the issue after there was no more magazine. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about that on the show. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that you, were you sent us an email about it. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was that's funny. funny. <laughs> that that was that, and also, um, if you remember, I don't know if I told you about that as well. That also, it, it also happened with our CHN. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I like you guys. I hope it doesn't happen to you <laughs> because I um, I finally found the courage to submit an audio question to RCHN and the episode mm -hmm. after they said that it, they were done. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you don't have to worry. We're going to break that cycle right now because we're definitely going to do many, many more episodes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, you, guys, awesome. you guys have been awesome. I, it's, I still can't believe I'm chatting with you guys. You know, it's always like, it's funny because as a listener, when you, when you hear the podcast, you know that it's recorded. But mm -hmm. you're listening to it and you're like, oh, man, you know, I wanted to say that, you know, yeah, and yeah. I, it would have mm -hmm. been nice to comment on these or, you know, that. And now I'm able to do it. So it's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, no, nice. for sure. Cool. All right. So let's now move to our next section here. It's going to be top 10. But after last episode, I'm going to call it the top 10 speed run. <laughs> speed round because <laughs> Alex went way over <laughs> on describing every <laughs> single question. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Alex is awesome. He's he's a wealth of knowledge. That dude just you know oh, yeah. he's awesome. But yeah. but it was like every question was like a big explanation. Or like it's supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be nice and snappy. You know. So <laughs> well, I'm top sorry, ten speed you, round. <laughs> you'll get like half of that with me. Okay, okay, at least that's a little better. <laughs> All right, nice. so number one, pinch your thumb. Well, and here goes uh, the story. I started um, I started thumbing uh, because I saw videos of people thumbing, so I started thumbing. But then I realized that my index finger was getting in the way of my collective. So, okay. I, started, so I started thumbing. So I moved to thumbing, and I've thumbed ever since. However, I, I looked at Carl Stacey, of course, I all, yeah, I have to admit, I also have a man crush for Cal Stacy, Cal Stacy, Cal Stacy. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, I noticed that he has like this weird hybrid where he thumbs the cyclic, but he pinches the collective. Mm -hmm. So I started trying that because I noticed that 
I couldn't get, you know, with thumbing, I've, I've gotten to a point where I cannot get any better with my TikToks and I couldn't understand yeah. it. And even, even going to the lengths that my fingers were slipping when I was doing the maneuver. So scary. I, um, I decided to start training into pinching the collective and that's what I've been doing for the past, I don't know, two weeks if, since I've been simming. So I hope to okay. start doing that hybrid uh, next season when I start playing again. Nice. Nitro or electric? I think I know the well, answer to this. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely electric. But mm-hmm. I have to admit I haven't tried out nitro. But I don't like the concept. I'm one of those guys that, you know, I, just, I, I don't have that much time to fly. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just need to charge, pack up, go and fly. I don't have yeah, time to, you know, tweak if it's if it's different pen- temperature to tweak the motor or to risk not tuning the motor not, well or to spending a lot of time into mm-hmm. that or to clean up all it's all not that, that bad. Up. It's not as bad as people think. Just like, you know, maintenance on a Scorpio motor. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, nitro would actually make you fly more with the time you have because you get longer flights. You don't have to wait for batteries to charge. Granted, you charge your batteries the night before, but like if you didn't charge your batteries and you're like, oh man, I have an hour to go to the field or to the park, you basically bring your RX pack. That's the only battery you have to charge. And a 5,000 on my N7 lasts me a whole gallon of gas. So seven, eight, you know, six to seven flights easily, which they're all six minute long, you know, if, if not longer. Um, but it's not that, and the cleanup, it's, I don't know, you just wipe it down with paper towel. It's not that bad. Um, it's different, you know. When you have to get to that point, though. You have to get to a point where your motor is tuned well enough that you can fly, but not to lean that if the weather changes, you have to retune it. Because I don't want to actually get that that kind of performance. I'd rather be at a mid-performance on the motor where, like, it doesn't matter if it's cold or hot, it's going to perform the same or about the same, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand. Um, electric is much easier. It really is. Yeah, but, it's cleaner. You have unlimited power, and it's yeah. it's just mm-hmm. it's just fun. I, yep. You know, it's it's probably the same argument I I've had with Chris. You know that he he likes that smooth, low head speed, technical flying. You know, I mm-hmm. just I'm a, it's probably because I'm at that point in my progression that yeah. I haven't reached. You know that point. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying to understand the movements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just need electric and, you know, I, I run very high, high speed and I run very high cyclic rates. And I do that not because, you know, I'm, I'm a talented pilot. I do that because if I see that I'm getting near the ground, I can just hit on the collective and hit on the cyclic and get out of it. So that's why I need an electric and, you know, and super high head speed and rates just to get out of trouble. And I know that you cannot do that with nitro either. You know, you have to be on it on nitro mm. or else you know you you're you're done because it's nah, it requires nah, you a little say. bit more you do you do need to learn you do need to learn a little more collective management but these new 105 os motors are like they're they call them big blocks because you just go it just it just goes it'll get you out of trouble just like uh an electric would but the only thing is the the length you could be in on it like you know if i'm coming close to the ground and i can hit full collective to stop it i can't be in it as much as an electric but i could still get myself out of trouble like i could gain 50 60 feet of altitude before the motor really starts to bog 
But yeah, but you know, it does it does have its benefits and negatives to it. There's definitely pros and cons to it. And Steve, you mentioned picking up your heli and going to the park for whatever you know, half hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. When I think about nitro, I would rather take an electric only because if I'm going to the park, I'm going to attract a less attention. Well, you know, with yeah, with just just I mean, I don't need any more people watching me. You know, with an electric, you can kind of get in and get out, and I don't know. I don't know. I flown that. I, I flown my, my N7. I made that at a park. I, I fly yeah, that and a, and a 766 <laughs> at the park. They're both loud. You know, one's making louder blade noise. One's making a little bit more motor noise. It's it's kind of know. It's yeah. it's just different for sure. You know, and yeah, it it probably would attract more attention because it's there's smoke and yeah. you know it's a little flashier, I guess. So. Number three. So this is gonna be odd. Let's let's do let's tweak this for you. Goblin three eighty or Goblin five hundred. Because <laughs> normally it'd be five fifty or a seven hundred, but you know you haven't flown a seven hundred yet, so we can't really, you know, make you uh, you know, see your opinion right, on that. Right. One, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I def- definitely I like flying the five hundred more. Uh, okay. That that's like the perfect size. You know, six S. Um, still, mm-hmm. still success, but big and powerful. Um, I think that's, you know, the, the perfect, the, the perfect mix of everything. Even if I go to 700 eventually, which I, you know, if I stay in the hobby, I'll definitely will, and I don't plan to getting out of it anytime mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. Um, but I still think, you know, I still think about 12 us and I say, Ugh, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's big, you know, it's, Two, two batteries that you have to charge and it's different wiring and you know I think about all, all of those those things you know you need probably a beefier charger so my charger will probably do but you know I'm just the charger about, will definitely you know, do it yeah GT500 so, definitely yeah so th- those things kind of like uh, it's like too big you know I want it I want to experience the size and everything but you know the convenience of um, of the 6S is amazing I um the you know I, I told you that I have a DX9 Black Edition and it, it comes with that black case Mm-hmm. That has like foam inside. Well, yep. I use you it. Have to, case. Yep. I have it to. I use it for my batteries. So I put all my batteries in there, and they fit perfectly. So a twelve S pack wouldn't fit in there. Yeah, so I mean, it's, that's it's not a problem. Though. You yeah. get you get a little small heli bag, and you can fit. Uh, that's what I use. I have an oxy bag, and I fit. Um, was it four, five, six, six, like four twelve S packs and two fourteen S packs, plus all my small batteries too, plus my solvent starter. Like I just. Yeah, that the, the carrying stuff you'll you'll get over the charging stuff and the wiring stuff you'll learn because that's just another thing to learn, right, Kevin? I mean, you recently with your six ninety yeah. and stuff, you kind of learn. Oh, okay, that's that's what the series connection looks like. That's what I, how I have to solder it, and and then charging wise, you end up just parallel charging both batteries. Javier sounds like he's a lot like me, where he'll get to that point when he's ready. Yeah, yeah, know, exactly there, for sure, and mm-hmm. then all that comes with it. Yep. So, but don't be scared of that stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, don't don't yeah, be scared yeah. of like that whole new thing. Once you fly 700 size, you're you're gonna be amazed. Yeah, I know. At how at how great it flies and and how you'll be like it's over. 500. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So next question. We 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 change this a little. Do you know what a fly bar is? <laughs> it's, quite, it's funny asking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I I I yeah. I actually. I have seen them. There's, okay. Have uh, you flown any? No, I have not flown any. Okay. Um, I my life started with electrics and with wait, wait, uh, wait. You know, wait. Did you pitch. have a? 
did you have like a, a fixed pitch two two hundred SRX? Yes. That has a fly bar. No, it does not. No, oh, that's maybe I'm thinking no. of the old. Yeah, I'm looking at the old two hundred. The original CX two Co actually actually has a fly bar on it. Yeah, yeah, but that's a coaxial. But there's a model of the two hundred from Blade that has a fly bar. It's, it's they do that forty five degree fly bar like the uh, Kevin. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, yeah. like the um, WL yeah. Toys one. Yeah, my, I would know. My little two hundred size uh, fixed pitch was had a fly bar on it. It's just got two two balls on the end of it. It's not really even a. It's a fly bar. It's, it's weights, but it's not but paddles. It doesn't right? have yeah, no yeah. paddles. Yeah. Okay, so I know this answer too. But uh, scale or three D? Uh, yeah, three D. Although scale does have its charm, and that's mm-hmm. why I would like to try a plane, or okay. you know, I, I would love to fly like an F sixteen or like something like that. But um, you know, the the three D flying is just it's just for for me. Yeah. That that's where it's at. I was gonna ask you about you know if you had any interest in scale because of your 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 history and your your past with your uncle and stuff because when you know knowing that he flew like the real helicopters that if you ever had any interest in flying a scale helicopter which you would fly very um similar you know as you'd fly quote unquote my air you know air quotes your scale yeah yeah it's just that scale you know scale is a, it's kind of like almost like a different hobby you know because you go into a lot of detail and you go into flying and, that. You know, I'm just like the my real scale heli. <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i think that these things sh- should be flown to their full potential that's also why i wanted to learn 3d you know they are yeah. capable of all these things Amazing. which you don't really should do and it's not the purpose of the scale machine you know you could probably do it but I'm going to fly like the Red Bull um, full scale. You know, he does <laughs> rolls and loops really high up. I'm going to try it. Oh, boy. I can't wait to see this. I know. You're going to have to videotape because I know the door is going to fall off going to the main blades. And it's going to be an awesome, spectacular event. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Number six, strap or strapless? I I actually started with strap. Um, but... It's a funny thing because I purchased that DX6 in the in the beginning. The DX9, you know that it comes with a strap, but mm-hmm. the DX6 doesn't. It doesn't. So no, it doesn't. Oh, so I, I um, so I went in, you know, and I was walking through a mall, and I saw, you know, these small uh, small uh, selling stations, I guess, where yeah, they a little have, kiosk. Like, yeah, little kiosks where they have like um those. ID, ta- ID straps okay. or, you know, football teams and cars and, you know, yeah, you yeah. name it. So, you know, I bought a BMW uh, one because I like BMWs. I don't have one, but I, I like them. So, mm-hmm. so I bought, I bought that, but I noticed that it was too short. You know, an actual strap for radios is actually longer, but, you know, these regular off, you know, off anywhere just for meant for IDs are actually shorter. So right, yep. it it was because I'm tall, you know, I'm like six two. It was like you know very uncomfortable for me to feel the radio so close, so high up, up yeah. so high up. <clears throat> so I started trying strapless, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I ended up doing that. And now um, I fly without without any straps. Do Do you point the hel- the the radio down like Hal Stacy? I. I want to do that just because um, I think that I could have better control because I think that I tend to push more one way than the other. 
and tilting mm-hmm. the radio, I think, would help me to avoid that. But I can't, I, I can't help but tilting it up and pointing it straight in front of me. I, I don't know why. I, I force myself to get it down, but I end up, end up always getting it up. It's because you thumb. Yeah. Thumbing makes you want to be more vertical on the sticks. Like you want to be right on top of it. When you pinch, you can pinch with your hands, the sticks pointing away from you. Then when you thumb, the, the sticks are kind of pointing at you. Okay. You should try it. Try it with your radio and just hold it and pinch both. Like you could do a hybrid where you could have top of your thumbs on the, the top of the sticks, but then have your, your pointer finger, um, kind of resting on the, the front of it. And, and just hold the radio like you're just arms completely relaxed and with the antenna pointing down. It's actually quite comfortable, especially if you can get your hands between the, the switches on top to hold the radio better. Then you'll notice that you're like, okay, this isn't actually too bad. Um, don't get me wrong. I still run a strap, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, cordless or brushless servos? Well, I, I can say that I don't know the difference yet. Um, I only know that brushes is more, is more expensive. Yes. So I don't know really too much of the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, a servo, a good servo is a reliable servo. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's brushless or cordless or, you know, faster or with more torque or, you know, I'm not in a position probably to judge that. So uh, because of, you know, because of my skill. So for me, I just choose a servo. Um if it if it's really reliable for me, I had some issues mm-hmm. with my KST two fifteens. They were working awesome. You know they are very in- inexpensive. They have very good specs. They were working very well, but they were doing sometimes some weird things to me. And I think that I may have one that's bad, and that's why it's, it was doing that. I had three crashes because of that. Uh, oh, because basically good. the heli, it's as if the heli just from one moment to another just changed the center. So it just tilted like, well, I don't that, know, like, tw- like 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. So the heli started wobbling and I ended up crashing. So yeah. I, um, I'm changing. I now have two sets of MKS servos nice. for the 380 and for the 420. Mm-hmm. I still have KSTs on the 500. I still have faith in those guys. Um, but, I think uh, micro ones are just a little more fragile. Like, yeah, you know, they- yeah. So I think that um, the M- MKS on, on those are are much better. So um, to me, you know, again, it's not it's not because of that. I actually wanted like one set of BKs and one set of MKS to kind of like test them both. Sure. But mm-hmm. a good buddy of mine ended up um, having a good price on the MKS as he was getting rid of those. So I snapped those those from him. Nice. Uh, let's see here. I, I know this question. Number eight: fuselage saw or pot and boom? Uh goblin <laughs> not, yeah. not, not 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 none of those goblin yeah well that's a fuselage style that's what i mean by fuselage right style. i know i know yeah. i know but <laughs> but but no it's not it's none of those it's goblin i don't i don't care if it's a, <laughs> if it's a helicopter with a fuel fuselage you know i don't care if it's an oxy so if goblin with, came uh, out with a pot and boom you'd totally buy it uh that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question that's a very good question but you know i haven't i haven't even considered a fireball for example it's a steel you know, it's smaller. It's not yet bottom boom, but you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's getting there. It's getting yeah, there. Yeah, it's so. still it's still same design as a three eighty. It's just miniaturized, just smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you could. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, any of any of the colors are still that like that, mm-hmm. but I don't think they will. 
No, no, they would. I never. think they've re. I I think they've realized the power and potential and beauty of the. Of yeah, tools, no, I mean, it's just and Enrico designed the Goblin helicopters to be this style. You know, if you ever yeah. look at any of the, the the Goblin line, right? Not not really on the say the Comet or Mini Comet side of SAB, but all the Goblins, they all have a very similar profile to them. And that yes. profile is what um, makes it a goblin. So, yeah. okay, uh, number nine, success or twelve S? Success. Well, I haven't sampled twelve S yet, yeah. but um, we've kind of touched on that. Sure, that yeah. uh, you know, right now it's convenience and mm-hmm. uh, portability. Yep. And then the final question: Urcha or smaller event? So big events versus smaller events. Well, I'm gonna go with the flow. And uh, I'm going to say small event, although I haven't been to Urcha, I have to admit, I haven't been to yet to like a big event like Urcha, but to, at my at my skill level, I need a lot of space to fly. I still make a lot of use of a lot of airspace. I, I still haven't um, <coughs> learned how to fly in a box. So that's why I think that, you know, a bigger event like Urcha would be very uncomfortable for me. Because I, I would have to be confined to, you know, to fly yeah. in this box. And I would probably fly, you know, if I fly 10% of the capabilities that I think that I would like to be, I'd probably fly at a 2%, you know, just because I wouldn't want to go crashing into the next guy on the next station. Mm-hmm. So usually at small events, you have like the full, at least all the events that I've been to, usually you have like the full flight line for yourself. Only the last event that I went, it was like an L shape kind of event where one flight line okay. was for airplanes and one flight line was for helis. Mm-hmm. But um, still, you know, you had a lot of real estate to fly and you didn't have to worry about your sights unless, you know, you had to look out for if the plane guys moved a little bit into your area, but you still had the right sights to, to fly. Yeah. So, so you still had a lot of real estate and a lot of air to you. But, um, but definitely, definitely... Um, now, a smaller event, mostly because of that, because you know of of how I like to utilize the the uh, the airspace, and I haven't been to Ercha to really judge that aspect of you know people just getting there to work and not being able to uh, you know to meet so many people and not being being able to you know really talk to like big guys that you would like to talk to like a little bit more one on one. You know, I haven't really experienced that aspect mm-hmm. yet, so I'm not in a position to judge that so right now i can just judge them you know by by how much space i have to uh i have available to fly so you haven't been to any fun flies with like you know um well-known pro pilots just one but i didn't fly at that event mm-hmm. uh because i um i just took my 360 cfx after a crash and they helped me fixed it okay but um that was an event where mitch morosis was at nice and, um he was he was the only pro pilot actually at that event. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was funny because everyone goes around their business, you know, on a fun fly, and everyone's chatting here. And some other guys are wrenching, and some other guys are flying, and mm-hmm. some other guys yep. are eating. You know, Mitch Morrow's hit me. the floor, and everyone mm-hmm. stopped what they were doing, and they went and watched him. Sure, yeah, he's a he's a great pilot. Yeah, he's um, great. To, to talk about the the flight boxes, what what I've noticed is. Whatever size event you, you go to, a fun fly, you're going to have to deal with it. I've never, so maybe it's different on the West Coast, but I've never been to an event 
where I had the full flight line unless no one was flying at that moment. Then you use a full flight line. Like at Northeast Model Helicopter Jamboree, when no one's flying, use a full line. When uh, Even at our fun fly, when no one's flying, you use both flight stations. But every single fun fly I've been to in the East Coast, you had a, a, a flight box, which is very hard. It's, it's definitely a, an adjustment to your flying, and you're, you get even super more nervous because you have to keep it. Like you are saying, you don't want to crash someone else, so you try to keep it in a box and you know and then it'd be like the first time you actually having a spotter calling out what the person next to you is doing so if he's like oh he's coming to your box you know he's doing a hurricane he's coming close to your box towards the, the boundary of your box you know you have to kind of know to keep the helicopter away from that side or keep it tighter it, it definitely was uh something i was a learning curve for that too um but yeah yeah for sure you for know sure. yeah the, the the people that you know, Kevin and I especially have met at these fun flies outweighs any nervousness or restriction of box flying or any of that stuff. I mean, you know, you know, not even just like, okay, you know, finally getting a chance to meet Chris when he came down to our fun fly and going up to his, um, you know, with Chris Diamani and his, the whole Diamani family and old man 3D Phil, like all these great people, yeah. desk pilot, you know. McClellan's like the the amount of people we've met at these fun flies really that became friends last year. Yeah, it's not even like it's not even been like oh we've been going to these fun flies for three years the whole time we've been flying. No, it's been the last year, and we've great like we've became such great friends with so many people that like I this year especially you know we I went on a couple of fun flies the last two years, but this year especially we were hitting the fun flies hard because. We knew when we go to HOD or Spring Fling or Northeast Model Club Jabbery or even our fun flight that we're fe- seeing familiar faces, you know, the friends of that that we've met over the time. So, so that part you really need to you you'll get to experience more and more. And you know, if you get to like, I don't know how far RCHN five was from you. Um, oh, very far away. Is that very far? Like yeah. country. I even. Uh, dude, I even thought about driving out there. Me and my wife were like, okay, so what? how much time will we need to drive there? Two days? And it was like, oh, no, days? no, we were like, with, with stops and everything, it'd be like four days, you know? And then it'd be like four days back. So, And then the four-day event, it's like, okay, we'd have to take off pretty much two weeks to do this. You know, it was a, it was a thought, but just logistically, we couldn't afford it and, and everything. But, um, you know, but those are the type of events, like... You know, like how about the Rich Snap event? You guys went, you went to that one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, full flight line. Yeah, so you got to meet, you know, Rich Snap and uh, Matthew Kramer and and all those guys, right? The yep. Kansas, what is it? What are they? Where are they located? They're they're in um, well, uh, he's on Appleton, but it's not on Appleton. It's right next to us. Well, the the biggest city right next to it is Appleton, Wisconsin. Okay, but um, it's within your state, though, it's right? One. Yeah, it's still within my state. It's on nice. the other end of the state, the northern, the most northern part of Wisconsin. So it takes me still like uh, a couple do of they, hours. Do they to talk? Do they talk like they do in Fargo? <laughs> I don't know. Like they have that accent. Yeah, uh, it's like a Wisconsin or North Dakota type accent. No, well, okay. I I don't get to 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 get it that much. But yeah, I didn't notice any hard accents. No. Oh, okay, okay, cool. All right, okay. News and announcements. News and announcements. Originally, I had written down Dave Vindestal, uh has an episode with his rocket knife, but it's Rocket Katana versus a, a line 
500 or 550, I think it was. And I don't know. I, I kind of erased it from our show notes because it, I'm sorry, Dave. It wasn't as spectacular as I thought it was going to be. But uh, he hovers it in front of his rocket knife. Um, but it was it was okay. And, it, and then and just, it, chopped, it just looks like another crash. Chopped the <laughs> hell. Yeah, but I've seen that. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that plenty. You know, the helicopter in pieces. So yeah, it's uh, for me. It wasn't that spectacular. Mm-hmm. But what I what else I saw was uh, oh, this one's insane. Peter Streepel, he was part of the flight test crew last year. Uh, mm-hmm. really smart dude. Put together a lot of crazy stuff. Worked over for NASA. Here. Yeah, consulted with NASA. I think for a little while. And what what's he like? Sixteen? I don't know how old he is, but he's a young guy, and uh, mm-hmm. he's building a an ultralight out of foam from like Home Depot. And it's he's not the first guy to do this, but it's in, interesting to see someone I know go through this, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty good uh, you know build log that he has. He's he's yeah. done a lot of crazy things. Like he did a he actually built and flew a plane that was made from Lego. Which was yep. pretty amazing, but this RC plane, not not yeah, RC flew plane. inside it or anything. Yeah, but this is actually <laughs> something that's a little more serious. So it's interesting yeah. to go follow along and watch his, sure. his build techniques. And you can even shrink down a lot of the techniques he uses into an RC plane if you're building something. For sure. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do I have any news or announcements? Do you? No. No. By the time this episode comes out. I hope to see everyone who's in the Northeast go to South Jersey Funfly. Yes. That should be uh, some good times there. All right. Let's move to the what's next for you in the hobby since we'll probably talk well, about that. Well, I, I, have, I have some news and announcements. Oh, yes? Yeah? What do you got? Yeah. Well, one, which I think you forgot, and uh, our buddy Chris is now a Synergy Oh, player. yes. He oh, is Team is. Synergy. Yes. Yes. And uh, the 516 apparently is uh, close to release, and he's actually flying one, so that was... Pretty cool. He's already uploaded a few videos of that. Yep. Congratulations, and, uh, Chris. First production yeah. run has been made for the 516. Yes, congrats to Chris. Um, he was mentioning to us that, you know, and, and also to Matt and Amy um, Bodos that, you know, in the 31 years of him being in the hobby, he's never picked an airframe manufacturer to um, represent and to be a team pilot with. He just loves the Synergy helicopters. Uh, so he, you know, after 31 years, he picked the manufacturer and he joined, he joined Synergy Helicopters. Um, so it's pretty damn awesome. Nice. Yeah. The, the, the 516, you know, the first production run has been, you know, um, built and, and shipped out to the team pilots and I think some of the pre-orders, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, like, Kind of the, the people that that are building the you know doing the build videos you know um and and that kind of stuff and the reviews and then the next production run I heard is on its way should probably be done at less than a month so those orders could be fulfilled probably within a month. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a second one, guys. Yeah. What else? And um, well, for all of the icon guys. Um, Spectrum released a firmware upgrade to the 4649T, which is the only Spectrum receiver that is compatible with Icon telemetry. Mm-hmm. So they fixed a few things. I don't know if you're aware of the big snafu that happened at the beginning with that um, receiver, that it was um, it was advertised as um, 8.4 max volts uh, receiver, but 
it started failing after 7.5. So, um, so either you had your power system below that, um, or you risk uh, failure of your receiver. So Spectrum released a new version of that. That's probably, you know, uh, past couple months in the past or so. They released a new version of that. There's no stock of that. Um, they fixed that issue. It's now, it now works past, uh, past the 7.5 all the way to 8.4. And recently they released a firmware upgrade that fixes a few small issues and integrates a little bit tighter with, uh, icon telemetry and integration. So that's pretty cool. Awesome. Cool. All right. So what's next for you in the hobby? Who wants to go first? Kevin. Oh, uh, what's next for me? I'm getting ready to go to the South Jersey Fun Fly on Saturday. Should be a Woo-hoo. nice day. Should be a nice weekend. Uh, yes. Originally, I think they were saying it was going to be crappy on Saturday, but now it's clearing up, and we're going to get mm-hmm. a little bit more fall-like temperatures. So it should Later. be a good time, man. I'm going to go down there early. I don't know how late I can stay. Sorry, Bill. Bill was like, come on, man. You got to stay late. That's when all the fun happens. But that's what Bill's there for. He can videotape it and he can well capture it and it's not the same. Create a, it's not the same. Well, I'm still I can't stay late, so sorry. But that's cool though. At least you're you're making an appearance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's just um, you know, the weekends are getting a little bit tougher with uh, all the stuff we got going on in our sure. lives. Mm-hmm. Life happens. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't think I'm going to have the 285 ready for that. I really want to take my time with that, and I want to move that that V bar over to that. But uh, I have I'll have plenty of stuff to fly. I might bring a 570 and give that a final farewell flight or whatever. I don't know. Sure. Just let it keep flying, flying away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's all I'm going to be up to that I know of, man. Yeah. What about you, man? So in line with you, South Jersey Fun Fly is gonna be this weekend. Yeah, I, I have an awesome wife. I just I can't I can't speak so I can't speak any highly uh, about her than I can now. Is uh, so she's like, I'm like, you know, like a day ago, I'm like, uh, yeah. So there's another Fun Fly, you know, South Jersey Fun Fly. Uh, Rob's the CD for it. he's he's kind of organizing it, and she's like, oh okay, when are you gonna go for the weekend? I was like. Yeah, hmm. I think so. You stink. You know, and I'm like, she's like, well, okay, so you're going to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I'm like, yeah, I think so. Oh, <laughs> no, suck, but uh, I, I, I thought about, you know, just doing fr- like Saturday, like drive the early morning Saturday and then just stay over and then drive first thing back on Sunday so that I don't miss any of the night flying. And, you know, because Rob, Rob, you know, and Chad, um, Graham, I forgot his name. Is it Graham? Something like that. Chad, though, um, you know, put a lot of effort to get this set up really last minute. Um, it, it was basically set up within a month, you know, sanctioned and, you know, the, they, they rented the uh, the spotlight, uh, you know, this big construction light and all this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I want to I want to stay for some night flying. I might or might not fly night. I don't know. I do have a set of switch night blades and, uh, and a set of tail blades, but I want to really fly at night with my goblin black thunder and but the problem is is uh i run a three-bladed tail and i only have two blades you know for the for the rear tail blade so i I, I might not or maybe i'll put it on the n7 i don't know but yeah so you know my wife being awesome i'm just like okay uh, i'll probably leave friday after dinner 
you know, kind of dinner, spend a little time with the family, and then I'll pack up and shoot down there. Probably get there around like I don't know, ten, eleven o'clock. Make camp. Then I, that way, Saturday I could wake up, you know, refresh from sleep, and not from a three, four hour drive or whatever it is. Three hours, I think. No, I don't think it's that far. Isn't it? Or two and a half, yeah, right? It's, like it's about two and a half. Yeah, you know, so we'll see. Maybe I might do just Saturday morning, but it's still not too bad. I just didn't want to, like, get up super early, like 5 o'clock, drive down there to get there on 8 or 9, you know, packing up the car and all that fun stuff, getting ready. But And then, like, be tired by 6 o'clock, you know, so yeah. I figure, um, you know, I bought all this camping gear. Might as well freaking use it. And and it's good because this is, like, the fourth time I think I'll be using it this season. Yes. Um, yeah, and then, you know, come Sunday morning, like, pack up and leave no flying no nothing like i want to get back by 12 o'clock if possible you know like leave at like nine or whatever eight o'clock whenever time I wake up and try to be back and home unpack shower and then do family stuff go shopping and run errands and stuff so. nice dude yeah so that's that's my plan i got an awesome wife also but i really don't want to awesomely look for a divorce lawyer either so i'm kind of <laughs> working both angles you don't need. She doesn't need a divorce lawyer. Three ninety nine. No signature required. She could just bounce. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's what my wife keeps on saying. But I'm like, yeah, you're never gonna divorce me. <laughs> don't listen to this, babe. I'm just kidding. Oh, it's just the guys. We're talking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so what are you gonna be up to, Javier? Uh, well, I'm gonna keep playing around with icon telemetry. I have to finish up the four twenty. Uh, make sure that I now have a flight pack telemetry as well. And I'm going to change my pinions because I found out that I'm overgeared and that I'm probably running too much head speed. So um, I'm going to get new pinions in there to hopefully get it to the sweet spot. And I won't get it to test it until next season because the weather is just horrendous. And it seems like I look at the, at the forecast and it's okay during the week. And Saturdays, which is when I fly, it always rains. So... <laughs> Oh, it seems like that. I won't be able to to fly for a while now, so I'll just um, keep the helis here, try to keep them well maintained, try to keep batteries well maintained until I can get to fly again when it's warm. Cool. Okay, I guess uh, let's wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, Facebook likes. We are at 691. That's plus six this week. Nice. And we have... Uh, six names? Yeah. No, we have five names because this name, I th- well, let me double check. I think I read this name last week. Does it sound familiar? Adam Weiss? Weissy? Weisel? Yeah. You read that yeah, last okay. week. Okay. Yeah, so I did read that last week. Okay, so cue the music. We have our guest host from last week, Alex RC. Ah, okay. Alex Rose from MSH Helicopters. Uh, Ryan Evans, Colin RC, Robert Westcott. Uh, for for those folks that don't know Robert, um, he's the one that um, does the custom hats for or the hats in general for the RC Heli Hangout Group. He's the one who does the embroidering. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and then uh, and then the last one is Michael quote air quote Shaggy Parker. So he, we mentioned them on the last episode too. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, there's the five out of the six names. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Facebook comments. 
All right, Facebook comments. There were. A- oh wait, 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 wait. Back it up for a second. I forgot to mention it, it rang and popped in my head since I said Michael Parker. Um, I've been talking to Michael, and he heard on one of our episodes about um, Android users that want to know if there's any other way of downloading our um, episode because I guess Podbeam doesn't let you download the episodes anymore. That you'd have to like play through the Podbean app. Okay. So I'm gonna put this in a post with the screenshots, but just to review it real quick, all you have to do is you still have to have the Podbean app and then click on the episode. When you click on the episode, let me see here, it's gonna give you um, a download link. Okay. And so at the bottom of the episode, it'll give you like a download. And the thing is, is it's going to say open app to download. And what you can do is you can go to your like Chrome browser or whatever that it opens up in and go to the little three dots and you can get the desktop site. You can request the desktop site instead of the mobile site. So when you're on a desktop site, it'll allow you to go to the website Podbean and not the app. And then you can actually download the episode directly from Podbean. So you or, or just go to the Podbean um, website on your on your your favorite browser, Google Chrome, whatever you want to use. Um, when it goes to the mobile site, you can request the desktop site, click on download, it'll download to your phone, and you can listen to it through your phone's uh, music player or whatever. So okay, well, I'll put inst- I'll put these instructions so it makes a little bit more sense on a post uh, when this episode comes out, but. You'll see what I mean once you see the post. It's it's pretty self-explanatory once you actually see the screenshots. So he created screenshots and everything um, to help out. So awesome. Thanks, Mike. Awesome, Mike. Okay, Facebook comments. All right, dude. Well, you posted that video you spoke about earlier of your yeah. fiberglass vegan with its LED lights, and you got quite a few comments on that, man. Chris yes. Bream said, that dude, that's sick. Cam Taylor said, that is awesome. Greg Sullivan said, I like it. Musumil Bazi said, that is solid. Uh, you gave <laughs> Ben Halsley chills. Yeah. So uh, awesome, wow. dude. That were just some of the comments. Dave Crawford said, need a link. And you said, uh, here's the link, dude. Here you go. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah. that was cool. It's a man. pretty cool video. I, I, I really dig it. Yeah. Did you did you notice that I dropped my 6S pulse back on the floor? <laughs> no. In the video? Yeah. Huh. I, yeah, I turned the, I oh, turned the plane upside down to, to <laughs> click on the, the, the bottom of the thing, and you see the pulse battery drop on the floor, and I'm like, oops, nobody saw that. Pick your pack. <laughs> My little 1800 6S pack. I'm like, oopsie. First, uh, but yeah. first sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Barely used. Nah. That, that's one of the pulse packs that I actually retired from my 380 um, because it just sagged so much. Yeah. But I got a whole bunch now since I'm decommissioning that. 420 anyways but yeah okay is that it for website comments i mean for facebook comments uh, that's the only thing i saw real quick man all right website comments uh well javier's on the show so we don't have any website comments <laughs> well we do so he week. emailed us <laughs> oh there you go oh, that's funny yeah yeah <laughs> let's see here uh people podbean people of podbean uh we got a bunch of stuff going on on podbean we have gina tucker liked a couple episodes 90 and 95 
uh bvghj our buddy jericho burn he liked jericho. he liked episode 95 bill fb uh who started just started following us i believe because he liked episode 48 dan k reed and uh episode 94 scorpion power systems Polly crack nice Polly crack started following us and uh <laughs> dave crawford 11 started following us Nice. And McGulliver liked episode 94, Scorpion Power Systems. Uh, I think I got everybody there. Awesome. So thanks, guys. Yep. Okay, iTunes review. Oh, man. I thought I was freaking prepared, and I totally blew the... Why do I do this every time? I totally blew this off. for punishment. stand <laughs> iTunes. That's why. <laughs> okay. All right. Before our outro... Javier, if uh, if any of our listeners want to contact you, have some questions, maybe you want to link uh, your YouTube channel, so you know for the videos that you were mentioning before, how would they do that? Yeah, well, there's um, there's two ways that you can contact me. The preferred method is uh, you have to go to I don't know Walmart or whatever place you want to. You have to buy a bottle. You have to make sure that that bottle is kind of like not not opaque, but you know like transparent and kind of thick. Then mm-hmm. uh, you have to go into, you know, whatever place where you can get a bright piece of paper, preferably yellow. You have to put in your message there, whatever you want, you know, your comment, your question, whatever. You have to put it inside the bottle, of course, pour the contents of whatever it was in it first or drink the contents of whatever was in there first. Sure. Mm-hmm. Put, in, put in that. You have to make sure that, you know, the yellow is very bright or else I won't see it. Then mm-hmm. you have to study the currents. You know, mm-hmm. I live uh, I live on on Racine, Wisconsin, which is close to a part of Mar- of Lake Michigan. So you have to go to make sure that you toss it into Lake Michigan, but you have to study the currents a little bit to make sure that it actually gets mm-hmm. to me. Timing is everything. You, mm-hmm. you can fail a little bit. I mean, you can either go Kenosha or you can go Racine or you can go you know one of those places. And I when I go with, there with my family and check out the sites, you know, I'll be mm-hmm. able to see the bottle. Then I'll pick it up. Um, I'll open it up, and uh, hopefully the um, you've done everything right, and it's not there for too long. And mm, I'm able sure to still read the print. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, I'll be able to read the message. And um, of course, hopefully you have written how to uh, reply back to you, and mm-hmm. then I'll be able to reply back to you at that time. Nice. And um, if there's uh, you know if you have any inconvenience with that method, then uh, you can email me at toadiscoil at gmail.com um, you, you, it's uh, T-O-A-D I-S-C-O-I-L mm-hmm. and there's actually a whole story behind that but I'll probably we've already gone too long probably at some other time or, or another email that I send there's a mm-hmm. whole story behind that um, you can also um, I have a tiny URL um, uh, linked to my YouTube so that you can quickly reach my YouTube channel so you sure. can go to ur to tinyurl.com slash toadiscoil, the same as my email. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that'll link you directly to my YouTube channel so that you can uh, watch there, hopefully subscribe and increase my 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 base. Yeah. And um, and that'll be it. So awesome. um, if um, <laughs> if anyone noticed, probably some old RCHN listeners, that yeah. uh, small joke was a nod to the RCHN early days. Uh, mm-hmm. where they used to do that so 
thought that would be. I was about to say, cool. you live in Wisconsin. You don't got an old body of ocean by you. <laughs> I, I have a very big river. <laughs> well, a very big lake. It's a very big lake. I have Lake Michigan right it's next to It's a lake. <laughs> you no, can still cool. cross it. Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I want to thank Javier for taking the time to come on our show. Yeah, thanks, Javier. Uh, yeah. No, thank you guys. You know, it was it was an honor. Uh, really, I've been listening to you guys for these many episodes. I think that mm-hmm. you've done a, an awesome job. Um, I was a very avid listener of RCHN, which you can very well notice. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, um, I know that those guys left their mark in the hobby, you know, and each to each their own. And they were, you know, different. You know, they were a different uh, show, very technical and funny and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that you guys... <clears throat> have made um, an amazing job. Um, you've picked up your own style. You've done, you know, your Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impersonations. <laughs> and you've done, you know, very, very, very cool stuff and very funny stuff. You've invited great guests. And you have a really good chemistry going on. And uh, it's really, really fun and, and, and great to listen to you guys. So okay, I really appreciate the time and uh, mm-hmm. that you've given to be able to be here with you guys. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rcpodcast.com. Say hi to Chris Reibert. Hey, Chris Reibert. Let us know if you want us to add anything, and maybe we'll forget. Uh, flight Test <laughs> Forums, <laughs> Off the Field, Audio Video Production, Other Than Flight Test Podcast, Free4rc Podcast, sitting next to the FT Community Cast. Hey, Patch on Mike. All right. And then on the other side, rcheli-hangouts.com forums under RC Heli Hangouts main section, Podcast Corner, and Free4rc Podcast, sitting next to the RC Heli. Hooligans podcast. Good evening, Walton Ed. Good evening. Um, hey, Fred. Before I we sign off, I Fred. do want to. Yeah, because this is a this, oh, this is for left Fred. field. Left field. Yeah. Before we sign off, I do want to make a news and announcement. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Our boys at the RC Heli Hangouts. Is it one o'clock in the morning yet? Chris and oh yeah, almost. <laughs> Chris and Frank, they have now started an online store. I totally forgot about this, dropped the ball on it, but I'm putting it in now. Um, so for all your RC helicopter needs, whether it's Goblin, Pulse, Mikado, Synergy, every damn brand you can probably think of, they can get it. Go to their new website invertedrc.com what's the website called invertedrc.com nice invertedrc.com so can i go to that being an old man 3d because i don't fly inverted yes you do it might not last very long inverted but you do fly inverted i've seen it wow okay no no but um (laughs) yeah definitely check it out the website is still ramping up it is open it is, you know, you want to buy switch blades, BK servos. They got, they got, they got quite the inventory right now, but it's building. They they need to. They're adding more and more content every day. So definitely go check it out. Cool. I think um, I don't know if the promotion's still on, but I know they're doing some like first fifty purchases get like a ten percent discount or something like that. So, um, but yeah. Any case, go check it out. InvertedRC.com. Nice. <laughs> okay all right <laughs> all right so thanks again javier thanks to all listeners 
free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye bye. InvertedRC.com InvertedRC.com <laughs> You're going to be like that annoying guy in the morning. <laughs> yeah. We make flying uh, fun and easy. Yeah. Oh, I got a tired. It's late. It's 11.40 almost.